1: spotlight the official podcast of grapple i'm benno i'm joe and i'm jp hello lads i said we're the official podcast of grapple should i go gone with the official podcast of toby Carvery? is that true now we joe, tried. Last, joe last week was our most downloaded episode ever now i want to blame i want to blame the toby Carvery stuff i'm pretty sure it is that although the pod bean did have some issues so maybe that's contributed to it as well <laughs> but honestly i think uh, joe and roast dinners equals ratings i don't think We've had we've never had as many listeners at least on Grapple, and we've I've never had as many people at live shows come up to me and just say the word roast dinner. Uh, you're onto something here, Joe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that Toby Carver sponsor now? No, were... uh, well, at least the
2: years that I've suffered roast dinners have paid off eventually. <laughs> Those twenty three years that I lived at home. 23 years of eating shite roast dinners mostly twice a week. It's all paying off now. Paid, <laughs> with paid the sweet- off with a
1: tweet from Toby Carvery. Yeah, when the
2: sweet back? Toby Carvery money starts rolling in, I'll be thinking, <laughs> mum, the years are suffering. They've paid off. Would you willingly lie on an advert on this if Toby Carvery didn't about them? Um, There's a tester. Straight in um,
3: there with the big questions. I,
2: what? I, what so, I'd be advertising, so I'd be doing like a Jericho yeah. Stone Cold style yeah. advert. Um, I'd leave, now maybe we could, um, make it show specific and we could have like a bit of a back and forth about, um, uh, you'll be down Toby Carvery, but I'll be sad, miserable or something like that. Well, you'll be, uh, eating roast spuds or I don't know, something, well, we could, we could find a way of making it work.
1: They sell other things, Toby Carvery, you know, you can get yourself a nice Does soup they? or you have like a, or you can eat fry-ups in the mornings. They have oh, nah. <laughs> nah, I'm just nah. desperately trying to pull that one out of you uh
2: one day uh, <laughs> s- soup i wouldn't go out and pay the soup um. i don't mind soup at home but i certainly ain't paying for outside of the house um what if they do the salad job s- so again what if they do a nice salad are you in i don't think toby carvery would because i'm a bit of a salad snob mm. and the type of salad they it would sell like would be it? yeah i know yeah. limp lettuce a bit of cucumber uh, probably wheat tomatoes, probably the kind of stuff that like an old school salad, the kind of salad my nan would cook up. There wouldn't be any modern day variation of salad with uh She'd have salad cream on it, would she, you know? Oh yeah, loves a bit. I, I like a bit of salad cream from time to time, but um... appears to be dying
1: a death, maybe it's just me. It, yeah, it really is. It's dime of a generation. My do na- you ever have it, Beno? Salad cream? It's just bland, mate. It's not for me. Like I, I don't do yes. I don't do dairy in general. Is it is the dairy in it? There's dairy in it, right? Yeah, it's cream, yeah, so surely. Yeah. I don't do dairy in general. I'm not a mayonnaise guy either.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: I actually, I had a vegan roast the other day. That was very nice. I don't know if that would change your mind, uh, Joe, but yeah, I just don't... Condiments like a, that aren't for me. What made you have a vegan roast? Yeah, I like look Again, I don't do the dairy thing, so I do like You're to You're watching too much from, like,
2: bloody wrestling,
1: mate. Vegan that's food? <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I've had uh, uh, not a... Not as heavy. Of... Not as heavy. I think that's what yeah, I like
2: to measure. my girlfriend's dad has made his nut roast and I've had a a nut roast roast a couple of times mm-hmm. and as far as roast dinners go didn't mind it oh. i wouldn't say wouldn't say it'd be it's a the only, not a breakthrough um because i wouldn't choose it <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy to eat it whereas when jp cooks that roast for me i'm fearing the worst because the pictures i've seen of his roast they look bleak at best one that you had to be there mate
3: it was awesome. <laughs> It was. It
2: was fucking Mate, awesome. you told me that Jeff Jarrett and Kevin Nash had an awesome in a TNA paper. Wait, back 2005? to this again. Which one? Which Did one? They, <laughs> against All Odds two thousand. <laughs>
1: and as soon as we talk about it... We and found when we Meltzer's
2: it it. review and he gave it half a star, so I, I'm wow. not suspecting it was
1: good, mate. Is this Kings of Wrestling era? Uh,
2: 2005, so JP would be the man who uh, prefer this to. Would it be Kings of Wrestling? No, slightly later on. Oh,
1: interesting. This is Kevin Nash Honestly, when he came out to like he came out to the instrumental of ODB. TNA. What's that? It was short hair Nash and TNA. Yeah, because that that's when he came out to like the instrumental of uh, ODB. Uh, oh baby we like it raw, that one. Uh, he came out to it was always one of those weird, great TNA knockoff themes. That's the main I thing I remember, remember
2: that one. Right. in Oh Baby I Like It Raw. That one, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do not remember that. <laughs> Kevin Nash and TNA, the they Alex saving stuff, that was good.
1: Yeah, oh, that was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. The, the Jay
2: Lethal
3: as well, actually, oh, was yeah. quite funny in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> His backstage stuff talking it was about Madagascar pro wrestling and three sided rings. Uh, you
1: can't, you can't get you can't get sixty thousand people in Madison Square Garden. You could that night. One of the best lines of all time.
2: All I'll say is on the roast dinner thing, if there was a roast dinner offer with Kevin Nash, I would eat it. And Kevin yeah. Nash is coming to Southampton, St Mary's Stadium, one of the conference rooms. Last time was in there, my year eleven prom. And if uh, Kevin Nash fans a roast dinner in Southampton at a Toby Carver we can get it for three, I will eat a roast dinner with Kevin Nash, as will <laughs> Jeremy. You get oh, King Sash, you know he 150%. Will. He also stated,
3: would there be any chance of getting Matt Letizia in there as well to see Kevin Nash?
2: Letizia Nash? Just for him, him to go along into the crowd. Big, big NWO fan. Letizia? Yes. <laughs> mate, Letizia was knocking in 30 goals a season when the NWO was a thing. He wasn't watching the NWO. Might have been. Chill out. He he was doing less A eh, He'd
1: be more of a technical wrestling fan. He strikes me as you know, little tricks and stuff, like a I don't know, Zack Sabre kind of wrestler, like that type yeah, of stuff I think he'd be into. That. But maybe I, yeah.
3: yeah, I'm I'm assuming most of that soccer Saturday panel will have been watching like world of
2: sports, certainly. Who do you reckon Paul Merson's into? He like a messy wrestler. I reckon like Hacksaw like, Jim, Jim H-C- Duggan, H-C- something H-C-W. like that. Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> Merson, he, he, can see, he can see himself in Jimmy Havoc. All the pints, probably a few bets going on Havoc's phone. He's not down the bookies like Merson was, but you know, I'm just assuming wild things about Jimmy Havoc and gambling. But I reckon the Sandman's more a Paul Merson. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Thompson. Uh, oh, fuck me. Zach Gibson. <laughs> Easy. That
3: was who came to mind. No, I quite all- like Zach Gibson's. Like, so. he? He'd be all right about that, though, Zach Gibson. Mm. being there to Phil Thompson. There you go. Nah, Phil
1: Thompson can be the Robbie Brookside of the world, the, the overrated scouser. There you go. Oh, overrated Frank old man Sloan. scouser. Yeah, that's Frank, yeah. At least He's from Blackpool, though he doesn't count.
2: Frankie Sloan? Uh, I think so. Was, Was he, any he any good? good? No. <laughs> I don't he, know. He doesn't like inside terms old Frankie, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's um, 1984.
1: So we went from roast dinners to... Arsenal players again to slagging off condiments. To slagging off uh, Frankie and Robbie Brookside again. Typical. Yeah, it's,
3: it's hitting the old classics.
2: Gonna yeah. soap <laughs> reference in there soon, and Got, we'll have completed Brookside spotlight bingo.
1: Brookside inherent yeah. soap yeah. reference in there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say going back to the condiments. Like if you if you, had, if you think salad creams down, is that your favourite condiment? Like what what is your condiment of choice? <laughs> I, don't, I go Frank's red hot sauce. Does that count as a condiment? Because I'm kind of a hot sauce kind of guy. Yeah, I'd say it that's, is.
2: A, that's a condiment. Yeah. If I'm having hot sauce, I like a sauce, sauce. I like a bit of chalua.
1: Ah, that's a good sauce. I've got some of that in mm-hmm. the fridge, yeah. yeah. Nice tangy.
3: Yeah. I'm kind of weird about condiments. That's the thing I find myself liking more than anything else is Worcester sauce.
2: Call me boring.
3: Love it. No, old school.
1: Yeah. like on a bit of cheese on toast. Yes.
3: Yeah. I've a bit of, of cheese on f- toast recently. the yeah. sauce crisps,
1: JP, how do you feel about that as a, as a flavour? Oh, that's a, that's a bit old school. You don't see them very often. They are. I'm
3: I'm all right. I'm 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 fine with them. They were never the favourites, but if you were having one of those big multi packs and mm. everyone had gone for the usual your smoky bacon. now the Worcester world. sauce would be the first I'd be having. Really? Oh, I loved them, yeah.
2: Uh, it was it was fights over other stuff. But if Worcester sauce there, I was like, I'm all right with this. <laughs> You're on your um, Aldi Monster Bunch these days, aren't you?
3: Well, it's not for me, it's for the kids, but I don't think Max likes those flaming hot ones. Basically, hook, have you, you've had them before.
1: Now, what, what are they called? they called? What are the Monster, Aldi
3: Monster Munch called? Monster Claws.
2: <laughs> JP was talking to one of the uh, business managers and accounting teachers at work about how he'd been on the Aldi Monster Bunch recently to absolute bemusement. It was a hilarious <laughs> conversation to experience, and he got zero response. <laughs> Think That's of, partly what I'm going
3: for, is Just yeah. to make you laugh.
1: Look <laughs> at the extra package you can get, JP, for the same price. I get you thinking. That's very business-minded.
3: Mate, yeah. I'm all about those budget supermarkets. Anyone who knows me, I love it. Lid opening up around the corner from you soon, isn't it? Uh, I'll be buzzing that day, so I don't <laughs> go anywhere near that bloody Matalan.
1: How did you feel about Neto down south? Like, uh, It I, didn't well,
2: really come down
3: south. You know, no, it off just a
2: there, you'd find the odd netto here and there, mm. but it was quick save as a thing for a bit. Yeah. Um, quick save wasn't as yeah. common as it was up north. The last quick save I ever saw was on my way back from Ring of Honor in 2007. We stopped outside of a quick yeah, save somewhere outside of Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> it, quick was a, it was save with the initial-
1: the originator of the no frills crisps, like they literally said no frills yeah. on them. Oh yeah, that was the yeah. thing in Liverpool. Like, yeah, you know, if your mum shopped at Quick Save or Netto, you just you ain't you ain't gonna live that down. Like, it was bad stuff. Yeah, and that year when tough. Liverpool came out with that golden black uh, kit, and it was just the Netto kit. Like, you might as well have just been wearing a Netto a Netto bag on your shoulders. Uh, oh, we good beat times we
2: beat Liverpool, Liverpool in that. at trick at the Dell ninety three ninety no? four. Yeah, no, full good game. <laughs> yeah, two penalties though. So. Not the greatest ad trick.
3: <laughs> uh, I was going to say that there was a Neto in Wood Green and above it was a really dodgy snooker club. I know this sounds like a very JP on-brand story again, but I used to go to said snooker club. We used to go down there like a cake because you could just get served when you were 16, but it was really shifty. and You had to go down this really dodgy alleyway around the back of that big sh- uh, Wood Green shopping yeah, centre. Yeah. Not a place to, like knock around at like midnight. What were the blokes
2: was... down there? Like, I,
3: I kind of kept myself to myself, really. Okay. It, it, kind of the rule of thumb around there. It's just like I, I'm not going to interfere in anybody else's business unless I really have to. Are you any good at snooker? All right, surprisingly. Uh, you get once I get my rhythm up, I'm okay, but I'm not great. Okay.
1: I'd like to see you throw in a few hours. Pub sports should really be my thing. <laughs> I can imagine no, you being Frank. good on the on the Duke but on the uh, the pub quiz machine. I Think that'd be JP's forte. i I'm
3: I'm all right at that type of stuff. Oh I God. don't play fruities or anything else, but pub quiz stuff, I love that.
2: Hold on, last week you told me you used to play them all the time.
3: I did, I used to. And then I had to stop, but I was about eighteen years old at the time. No, a bit older than that. I was at university. Did you ever win? Yeah. I had like three big wins, 200 quid. I've,
1: I've just moved
3: Four to... Four reeler fruit machines in the Student Union bar because I worked there, so I used to watch people filling it up and I got in, got 200 quid. That um... was a great shift. Got like <laughs> 20 quid for the shift. But next <laughs> it just looked like I'd stolen money from the place. It was like, no, seriously, <laughs> I won this.
1: I was going to say, I've just moved um, back, to, back to Walton, which is by Goodison Park, and it's kind of a, a rougher area. And it's kind of like, it's one of those areas where like there's pound shops everywhere and pawn shops and every cash machine charges you. It's one of those places where they're just trying to drag more and more money out of the poor. And the big thing I've noticed is every time I go to like the local corner shop, there's always someone in there buying a scratch card. And I was there yesterday and the woman in front of me in the queue bought 31 one pound scratch cards. Jesus. She was was buying them. She looked sheepish. She kind of looked back at me in the queue and was like, oh, they're not all for me. But Last week I bought twenty and I won five hundred quid. I was like, I'm, I'm not judging, I, you know, fair enough. That's a that's a thing. I mean, uh,
2: you know. Last but... time I bought a scratch card. I bought it for my girlfriend. I said, "Can you buy me a scratch card?" Sure. And then the woman at the till asked me for ID for my girlfriend. It's like, okay, you're not asking me for ID, but you're asking for her ID. And I just said to her, "Am I a paedophile in your eyes?" Or something? <laughs> <laughs> What's he saying? Let's <laughs> well, coming back to cent. that.
1: <laughs> what? Point, but... did you think my girlfriend was 15 <laughs> yeah look joe you've got an angel you've got a very young face so i don't think she was thinking that i,
2: I, I, true, I don't look like i'm below 18 though do i come no, on that's true, that's true. an 18
1: year old couldn't grow that i
2: have got a young face though Ah, cheers mate
3: i'll take that <laughs> with an old man's brain it sounds like you're coming on to me it does doesn't it yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: stop should we move on before it gets any creepier? Yeah, <laughs> I mean we got a shitload of like reviews to do today, but like news-wise, I'm gonna keep it brief for, for that reason because mm. uh, we've all seen a million shows this weekend. But I, I think I'd be remiss not to not to mention it because it came out last week. The uh... JP, have you seen the Triple Mania card? Are you hyped, you guys. Are... Speaking of uh, the rough area I live in now, you guys attempted to uh, to come up for Triple Mania and watch that with us. That's gonna be a, a fun time, and yeah, they've uh, they've started laying out the card.
3: Oh yes, well up for that. Well up for live Triple Mania. Admittedly, and I wonder if you'll be doing the same. I'll be kind of half watching Triple Mania and half watching Joe's reaction to Triple Mania. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Joe's that's... reaction to Kane Velasquez teaming with Psycho Clown and Cody Rhodes. Oh wow! Like that's <laughs> like on its own. Just 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 that written out is yeah. enough. All right, I'm there. Who are they against, JP? It's like Taurus, El Texica, Texano. Yeah, it,
3: Taurus, else? El Texano. I'll just, I'll just get the card up. I um, thought
2: you'd notice off the top of your head, being the AAA correspondent. <laughs> what, what am I not the correspondent for <laughs> at, at this stage? Here we go. Rev Pro. <laughs>
3: <That's> <laughs> very, very true. Um, yeah, it's. Oh, where is it for Christ? Here we go. Uh, Psycho Clan, Cody Rhodes, Cain Velasquez, yeah, Tejano All Jr., and Taurus, Jared. and TBA, uh, which apparently, who it might be? Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. Yeah,
1: that's exactly what I was thinking. If,
3: if, there was any, if there was any justice in this world, then absolutely it should be Jeff Jarrett, uh, like if he turns up at this. Cain Velasquez versus
2: Jeff Jarrett.
3: I, uh, I'll die happy. And this is a bit underwhelming, right? Killer Cross.
2: I, I don't really, I know the name, I don't know who he is.
3: Uh, you need to get back on the impact train, don't you, for that.
1: Oh, we'll be talking that later, don't worry. Yeah. We'll fill you in, Joe. Okay. <laughs> what do you think, have you
3: seen the other staff on the cards as well? Yeah, well, well this... the main
1: thing is that they've got the Lucha Brothers teaming up with Laredo Kid against the Elite again, so doing a rematch of uh, what they did in AEW. Like, on the one hand, that sounds like a big match, but I'm actually quite looking forward to, like, the Triple Mania crowd just not giving a fuck about the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega again. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're going to have a clue who Keri Omega is, just like they didn't have a clue the first time the Young Bucks came in. But I'm not there for the for the legitimate matches, JP. I'm there for well saying that. I'm there for Blue Demon against uh, Ray Wagner, uh, Bass versus Hair. Uh, I'm there for La Parker. And is that the, is that the, is La Parker like teaming with his many sons on that show? I'm sure I saw a promo about that. Maybe that was something else. But he's definitely on the card. It's it's more about the shit. La Parkers, the Parkers on there. I'm
3: just looking to see if La Parker's is on there. Oh right, oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So they have got La Parker on there. Pagano's in that match, and he is dog shit. Mm. He's absolutely fucking terrible. Oh, oh, got
1: oh, so it's the crap LA. It's the, the LA Park who yes. stunk yeah. it up in Impact and MLW uh, last year, not the real LA Park. That's a shame. Uh, but they always... it's, maybe it's MLW he's bringing it, because he has his sons around there a lot. Well,
3: originally, I think this was meant to be, oh, this is typical AAA, like a year ahead, they say, yeah, it's going to be LA Park in a mask versus mask match. And that's apparently what's going to happen. And then they end up backing out. Mm. So, like, that's the most lucha type of deal with all of these things. So it's easy for Wagner, who, it's amazing that he was under a mask for as long as he was. Because he looks like the fucking Don these days. Have you (laughs) seen him, what he looks like? No. Oh, he's, he's, if can find a picture of him. Again, you haven't done your own work this week, have you? I haven't. I'm slacking on this. I'm going to look, all the, <laughs> I wasn't expecting to talk about this, to be honest with you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, well, I was going to say one other thing. You were, uh, you're the correspondent for this week, JP. I know you watched the uh, the GCW Backyard Show. Uh, I, I I did. I did <clears throat> specifically say don't watch it, JP. I thought you were going to hate every minute of it, but I don't know. Did you enjoy uh, GCW's Outlaw Mud Show? The, uh, I, the backyard I watched Travaganza.
3: I watched one match.
1: That's what. And yeah, that's, that's Yeah,
3: and that was on your recommendation, and that was the is it Alex Zane, oh vers- yeah, versus Tony Depp and match, mm. and it was bloody great fun. I watched it with my son, mm. and it was it was just sort of entirely ludicrous.
1: Was that what was the, the six thirty? Oh, it was a six was... He did like a, a run in. This is a, like, a, yeah, this show was it was literally backyard wrestling, but with semi-professional, with lots of professional wrestlers on, some that you might, might class as a bit of a grey area, but, like, yeah, the idea is GCW uh, from the twisted mind of Joey Janela going back and doing doing a backyard show with uh, with actual wrestlers, and, yeah, I'd never, ever in my life heard of this Alex Zane. and it's all I could talk about for a couple of days, because, yeah, he did, like, a 6.30, it's like a on through a door, wasn't it? Uh, like a 6.30 yep. kind of, yeah, coming off the ropes. He did, like, a 4.50 off, what looked like the I don't know what's the, like the side of a building, uh, and then got caught with a steel chair in the head. He took the most indie bump I think I've ever seen, right on the top of his head on a chair. He was flying all over. Tony Deppen, who was one of the MVPs of maybe a weekend, at least of the GCW shows, They did their, uh, like a a toe pick on Hilo but into a. Canadian destroyer. It was that kind of ridiculous match. Like I absolutely loved it. It Genuinely, it's not going to be a legitimate match of the year, but I might think of it when it comes to like the end of the year, as far as memorable matches for the year goes. That was exactly what that show should have been.
3: Yeah. It's exactly what it was. If you're buying a show called Backyard and it's G C W, you should really know at that point what you're getting yourself into. Oh yeah. Into. And that match was really good fun. There was like a couple of like wild moments. The kind of trampoline either side. Oh the trampoline, yeah. It's very DDT esque. Yeah. It? It's this kind of boutique show. And in some ways, having a backyard show feels like the kind of ultimate tribute in mm-hmm. a way. It's like sort of it fits in perfectly with the with the aesthetic that they go for. Mm. Um, it was also funny at the end because they, they were chanting, Their Deppin's wife was chanting, please come back to <laughs> Alex Zane as well.
2: Oh. She was there in the crowd. Alex Zane, he was a TV presenter. Yes. On Balls of Steel, that movie film of Sky. Sky yeah. I met him. <laughs> He, I met him at the Hall of Fame before WrestleMania 25. I
1: think it's a different Alexane.
2: <laughs> I'm pretty is, sure. This, this guy's got a big, He's bushy hair. Bri- yeah, British bloke. He's got kind of like... He looks I right remember like him, S- yeah. Simon Amstel, I suppose. Yeah, he was just at the res- at WrestleMania 25. I met him at WrestleMania 25, a dizzy rascal at WrestleMania 26. Yeah, Great cup of WrestleMania is for the celebrity spots. That one. And <laughs> Dizzy Rascal bought me and my mate a foot-long hot dog and a Mountain Dew, which is a different story. Back to GCW. Sorry.
1: <laughs> why? 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 why, did, why? Uh, I would like to know. Like, what's the... just I want to kind of, know this. Uh, uh, we were, I want
3: nothing more to add on GC. Yeah, it's great fun watching. We
1: were in the <laughs> queue for the. It was me
2: and Cooper. We were in the hot queue oh, yeah. for the um, hot dog stand or whatever, and Dizzy Rascal was in front of us. He was like. All right, this <laughs> He's um, like, well, yeah, what are you boys having? And then, yeah, got us our food in. yeah it was all right. Legend, top
1: bloke. Prices in there as well. Good on the bloke.
2: <laughs> yeah, so
1: it ties in because because that's one of the cornet lines, isn't it? You work these backyard shows, or you get as a hot dog and a handshake. Joe, you got more than a hot dog and a handshake. So who's the who's the real winner here? Exactly, and a picture. I'm not <laughs> in the picture. I took it. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> back to the backyard show. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now we're not gonna spend much time I don't know I, I know you only watched that match JP but I honestly it was one of the funnest experiences of I watching the show it was way too long like that the, they had an intermission in their backyard wrestling show and that was the point where I was like okay come on lad's take this home uh, and there was a match where the um oh, the stunt brothers just legitimately tried to give each other a concussion for about 25 minutes. Uh, and there were several matches in the second half, which, which were just like, I was almost hopeful you wouldn't watch them, JP, because it was just, it was a lot of like the, the death match stuff that, that, that GCW are known for. But again, similar to Mania Weekend, as far as doing something that's different and stands out, they know what they're doing. I mean, you know, throwing, Joey Janela seems to be the brains behind it. You know, he came out to Lincoln Park on the show because of course he did. Uh, he was on the show against Ruckus, of all people. Uh, oh, <laughs> Of the of blackout fame, I met another member of blackout. so uh, We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Were well, you a ruckus fan, J- Joe?
2: Me, uh, no, not at all. No, I got a flip
1: out. I don't remember.
2: He was rough. He was shindy.
1: He was basically the same here. He was just bigger. That's all. The only difference it was. But like, yeah, Joe Ginella was doing like tribute spots to to super, superhuman off Twitter. Like that. If that doesn't tell you what what Joe Gianella is, uh, I don't know what else is. But yeah, there was a great spot where I think Schlack was working against what looked to be a civilian. I don't know if you saw the gif, JP, and the the guy was trying to shoot fireworks at, at Schlack and had yes. the fireworks the wrong way around and shot them back at his own face, which sounds horrifying. Like, if you grew up in the 90s and you saw all those... Uh, all those, you know, public de- public safety videos we got about bonfires and uh, bonfire night and all that stuff. That type of stuff might scare you, but it was very funny, to be honest, in the moment. Uh, and the, the the show was pretty much full of, uh, of big spots like that. What
2: Lincoln Park
1: song did Janella come out to? Ooh, I think it was Crawling, but I'm not sure.
2: Crawling in
1: my That one. I think so. That sounds. Very, I mean, if you're going to be a backyard wrestler, it's that or Disturbed, isn't it? Like that. There you Choices. Down with the sickness. Down with the sickness. Yeah, <laughs> throw that in too. Did you oh, have like, a backyard wrestle? Did I? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't.
3: I wouldn't call it um backyard wrestling. I
2: wrestled on soft cushions in my parents' living room and in my mate's living room. Mm. We had an upset before here about the twenty four seven hour call time. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's like a
1: form of backyard wrestling.
2: Mate, we were wrestling in rooms at school when the teachers were at the rooms. Like that was schoolroom wrestling rather than background <laughs> wrestling. We did have a sand school for the long jump, which I remember doing some wrestling once as well, but didn't go very well.
3: You used to go on the high jump mats, mm-hmm. like I did.
1: Is yeah. that what you yeah. did in your day, JP? Was that your version I of did, wrestling?
3: Yeah, Euro- Euroverse Sports Stadium, uh, the same place where Daley Thompson told me to fuck off once. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> I'm not getting into that now. Um, but we used to be able to wrestle there on those mats, and then occasionally got rid of them, and we took one home, we were jumping off my, I was jumping off the shed's roof, oh, yes. yeah, mum gave me an awful bollocking, really? Yeah, we had to get rid of it in the end, it was just too big and cumbersome some gigantic kind of like
1: What moves were
3: you doing? Uh, predominantly splashes and stuff like that I wasn't they were like the high doing spots doing of the not, day
1: weren't the JP the 450? They, they, they
3: were work. you see yeah, <laughs> you're, you're talking late 80s here Okay. and it's not like I was, I was you know, following CMLL at that time. Mm. You're not
2: now, you're following Triple
3: A. Well, that's it. That's the show. P- their owner died,
1: Paco Alonso. I'm sad.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did some, we did like, Are we talking about this at progress on Sunday. Like, my mates were doing the proper backyard stuff with ladders and title belts and hardcore spots. Like, I think the most hardcore thing I did was like jump off a bench in the back garden. Uh <laughs> I was Dark Warrior, naturally a dark gimmick. I wore a bandana. I came out to LL Cool J's Phenomenon. Uh, but it wasn't quite there, the backyard wrestling you got here. It was more me and my me cousins messing around.
2: We found a website that had these like, terrible MP3 rips of just about every WWE entrance theme. Mm. We downloaded them on my mate's computer. So when we did our hardcore title stuff, we used to like, have his sister in their computer room. Hmm. Play the entrance fees as we walk into the living room. That was quite good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, mine was just a, an old cassette that I put on the radio. That that's, that 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 dates me too, JP. So it's not just you.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm very dated on this.
2: This was like two thousand. He had a, a good computer. He had the best in it. The first time I ever saw porn online was his house back in the day. Did <laughs> he download up off <laughs> um, uh, uh, we found a website that's a free 10-second clip, so I used put them on a floppy disk and take those. <laughs> <it. laughs> to play yeah. with your floppy disk.
1: Yeah. Amazing.
2: <laughs> sort of quite ironic about porn on a floppy disk, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> <other days>.
1: uh, <laughs> moving on, though. <laughs> But yeah, the backyard show was fun, wasn't it, JP? Uh, at least for, a, like, I know you yeah. saw a little bit of it. And my but...
3: son recognised Tony Deppin from the match from uh, Janella Spring Break against th- No Legs.
1: What did he make of it? What did the lads think?
3: He, he th- the the younger one just walked off in protest. As you know, he wears a Pro Wrestling NOAH t-shirt. So basically, if it's not classic All Japan or early 2000s NOAH, he's, he's not interested. He's buggered off. But the other one, he, he, the elder ones sat around and he watched it. He thought it was just like completely silly, like very gifable stuff. Mm. And he enjoyed it for what it was. But I think he's, you know, he knows it. He, he was just sort of completely bemused because he'd seen clips of it. And he was like, oh, right, this is like a thing. And I was like, yeah, you'd be amazed the amount of wrestlers out there today who initially started doing this stuff. Mm. And he watched it. He had no desire to do it himself. Oh, I have a balcony that... You could do a cracking eye spot off here, couldn't you? Down to the Yeah, it's good landed as well. You really it? could do. There's a big tree as well out there. You could you could do some cracking eye spots around here. I'm not doing it. What would you do the, if your
2: lads started doing backyarding together?
3: Um, I would actively promote it, trying to live the dream through them.
2: What would them what would you what would their mum say? She what she doesn't know, won't know.
3: <sighs> she don't need to know.
1: <laughs> so, okay. JP, you, you've yeah. got couple of wrestlers in training you could have
2: there. That would be when your indoctrination process is well and truly paid off, wouldn't it? This, is, this podcast is getting
1: read out in court. I can just imagine the transcript now. Yeah. Floppy disks. JP sending yeah. his, his kids off the roof. It's coming.
2: Sainsbury's attendance as well, yeah. <laughs> uh, but
3: anyway, watch it, yeah. The, you started uh, all of this, Benno, with the train <laughs> ticket, with the, with the bus ticket in Germany, so there you go cause of trouble and debated whether or not I'd like to think they listened to the podcast that week <laughs> as
1: well <laughs> the German yeah, they're after. oh yeah and, um, <laughs> but yeah uh, the, the backyard show yeah well, don't watch it but watch Depp and Zane that was great uh, maybe watch it for, for Joey Ginella doing drunk commentary and making uh, Rob Feinstein jokes and doing Jim Cornette uh, <laughs> impressions but other than that yeah it was just it was a, ni- it was a novel idea and there was one very good match. Um, so, a fun time all, all in all. Joe, they've got a homicide show coming up next weekend. That might be more I up your alley. Saw, I saw the Julius Amber Smokes ring. is booked. J-Train. Jimmy Rave is booked. Prince Dan is booked. Everybody oh, every except Dan Math from, uh, from Homicide's past is booked. He's still oh, got that I thought they made things up. Uh, he still doesn't follow him on Instagram. You know, that's the, uh, that's the Sounds like
2: more of a Jersey All-Pro show uh, uh, tribute show, if anything, doesn't it? <laughs>
1: yeah you know what it is it's that you know we give Ring of Honor a lot of shit but is that not the type of show Ring of Honor should be doing like is that, if you're going to do a tribute to Homicide shouldn't Ring of Honor be the company doing that
2: but, they're a company who are suffering a great identity crisis they're I don't know they, it feels like they're going through some sort of midlife crisis if anything they've reached that age I suppose and mm. what a Ring of Honor at this point but GCW they're entering senility at this point rather than midlife yeah. crisis yeah really are GCW know they are at least though mm. yeah. Who's Homicide Faced on the show?
1: Uh, Actually, not 100% sure. Um, Gotta be low key. That would make sense if they could do that. Oh, they are doing an. um, I think he's in the LAX versus LAX match. I'm pretty sure it's uh, him and Hernandez against the young LAX who are uh, are teasing the leaving, uh, going and signing with WWE or AEW. Hopefully they end up in AEW. Um, But yeah, maybe maybe at this point in his career, hiding Homicide and Attack's the best bet.
2: Yeah, true. Yeah,
1: be fun though. Looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, GCW always uh, keeping themselves uh, in the headlines. But yeah, as far as uh, other shows that we watched this week, as suppose we shouldn't waste any more time before we get into the the big show we all watched this week—the uh, kickoff of New Japan's G1 climax. I mean, we're gonna spend a lot of time this summer talking about the G1 climax. It's gonna be. Mm. The summer of it. Uh, we can't we were talking, about not we guys? Like, I think I think I think in the weeks coming up the idea is gonna be obviously this was the one standalone show in the US, so it hasn't it started but it hasn't really started. Uh, but once it does get into the thick of things, uh, we'll probably do our we'll be doing our normal show, but maybe splitting it in two, doing our normal stuff in the first half and maybe having a, a good hour or, or more of a, a full G1 coverage, a bit like what we did last year on the Indie Corner. Lord knows how we're going to fit it all in, but yeah, thought it was a, a as far as starts go. I thought it was a good start. Um, obviously, the one of the big stories is how the show looked. Uh, a solid attendance, was it four or 5,000 people, something like that. Didn't look like it in the venue, unfortunately, but a hot crowd and overall a, a good show. It felt like a Again, didn't feel like the G one started yet, but it felt like a a good palate cleanser for uh, for what we've got coming up. Yeah, it was.
3: It was a lot more fun than I thought, and the crowd were as good a crowd as they were ever going to get because they made a hell of a lot of noise. But there were a lot of things on the access side of the production. So like, we were, me yeah. and Joe were talking about it at the time, that were were poor. And during and during the ad breaks, because mm. we just have this... Please wait for start of match, and it would just be pissing around with the lighting, and then you go, "Oh, you kind of got it right,"
2: and it's like, "Oh no, here we go again." Yeah, it was a solid show, but I thought the Mm. direction wasn't good, and Mm. I don't know who the crew were on this, and whether they'd shot wrestler before, whether they'd done the previous Access shows, but. Oh, man! should have ca- had enough
3: experience some by some now the
2: camera angles were really shoddy at points as well, mm. and I'm not just talking about showing empty seats, I'm talking about the way the ring was actually framed and stuff as well, mm. it was just a bit off, mm. and it was off for certain spots as well, I'm not talking like they should be doing WWE full Face the Harkam bollocks it just felt like they weren't up to speed, and maybe they'd never done sort of live wrestling before and yeah, it was just a bit Annoying, but as a show, I thought perfectly solid in terms of the actual content, in terms of the actual matches. Mm.
1: Definitely, it was. It was like, again, I think it it was a good idea. I think to go to the US. I think again, mm. in principle, but I, I hear a lot of people talk about if they did it in the UK, it might be better. I think for me, if they just did it in a small arena, it would be better. I don't think we'd be talking about any of that stuff. As it would felt a bit more legitimate G one maybe if that was the case, and it wasn't just so distracting all that stuff. Poor. I'd definitely yep. take one in the UK, though. This at the
2: Copper Box mm. would have been really cool because you think about what the Copper Box has sold, more or less sold out crowd for the opening night of G1, a different country. Yeah, that would have been molten. I do wonder if what with the Olympics in Japan next year, whether they will take it on the road a little bit more, so whether we will get a few shows in the UK for G1 next year, which would be great if we do.
3: Well, there's been some sort of conflicting reports on that about which buildings are available and what they're going to be using, and 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 about whether or not they are going to be able to sort of rejig the fixture uh, around it. But um, yeah, it was really. in some ways it, it was one of the things that just felt like the major drawback when you would see these empty seats, and it was.
1: Oh, that shot of Shibata where it, he literally there's no one behind him. Like, it, yeah. it looks like an empty arena match.
2: Yeah, there it, was a shot of Tanahashi as well, where he went up for a high oh, yeah. Flow. And they showed just they showed it from this angle where you just saw Tanahashi, loads of empty seats, oh. and it was just kind of like, ah, you're not helping yourself out here, guys. Like no. you've seen that angle on the preview and the gallery. Why are you cutting to it? It's not a good angle. I will say that I mean go,
3: going on to what sort of happened in the ring necessarily, it was interesting that the crowd were really into the undercard. So I found myself watching it partly because the the, the sort of novelty of of these types of shows is still very much there. And, and the novelty of like
1: the fact do. that you're paying attention to the undercard, which you won't be doing for the next five weeks, no, no <laughs>
3: will not. It'll be it'll be dependent on it'll be on in the background while yeah. I'm doing other things or pretending to work mainly. Yeah, I'm <laughs> on the bus, myself, but...
1: on the train, going. For oh track. yeah,
3: that's how I watch Slammiversary. <laughs> on the way back from work. But I thought the like what they did with the undercard mm. was for this. They were they were pretty much into it. It was as good a Gorillas of, and a, a good, as good a Gorillas of Destiny match that I've seen for quite some time, much better than that terrible one against Evil and Sonada They had a was it, um, at Dominion?
1: Mm, I think so,
3: and it was awful for that. Mm. But the one where I was in uh,
1: Greg's for the entire time, yeah, that was Dominion. <laughs>
3: and the Ishii Cobb exchanges got me really excited. Mm. To oh, see. they did a great job of setting
1: that up, yeah,
3: yeah, they did, but they, yeah, as. As an undercard, I was, like, kind of fine with it. Mm. And then when it got to the matches, oh. like, on the whole, generally delivered.
4: Because
3: mm. I can remember, was it the opening day last year? Because they had the A block. And it felt like a bit disappointing. Because they had Jay White winning against Tanner <laughs> yeah, Very
2: well. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you would. I've not forgotten that one quickly enough. <laughs> mean, I'm haunted by
1: that match. What, what would those, you say? Uh,
2: that of match he had as well. Oh, <laughs>
1: Uh, Oh yeah, we were kind of spared that way. I I think I think I'd much prefer to have Will Ospreay and Lance Archer uh, as far as big matches go. But yeah, I think that's probably the place to start as well. As they're talking about the card itself, like that's the Mm. that's the big match, isn't it? Like I, I mean, obviously that I suppose there's bigger matches on the show, but as far as great matches on the show, uh, the highest match I think it's the highest rated match on on Grapple so far for the tournament. Um, I went four point five on it. Maybe I'm. Uh, looking at my ratings now, I think maybe it was more a 4.25
3: Tanahashi Akada at the moment no, with a 4.3 that's like 308 that's a ratings on that for
1: that's interesting because I'd probably go yeah. the other way. but taste aside yeah Osprey well, Archer was like the hottest possible start you could hope for the tournament like I uh, I absolutely love it. I, like I if there was anybody I don't think there is anybody doubting putting an Osprey at this tournament so like this is what we're in for Oh yeah, this was all summer sorry this was just yeah, absolutely, just something else, and just showed. I think it's the best Lance Archer has ever looked in what fifteen odd years of maybe JP mm-hmm. would disagree as a big Hoytomania fan, uh, but for me, the best he's ever looked. And his yeah. tag team with Kid Cash was pretty <laughs> special. Did <laughs> Jimmy the rave one as well? Evaluation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <sorry. And> Chris <laughs> Hemi is the manager. Oh, but but <laughs> they were the classic. I'm all about that. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been on CNA?
2: Anyway, down to old Hoyt or Archer. Mm. I think Ospreay was amazing, but credit where credit's due to uh, Archer as well. It was the most up for a match I've ever seen him look like. Mm. Right? He was bloody awesome throughout that match. Great look for this time. one as well. He looked like um, the master. Remember the Master Blasters? That's mm, yes. how Kevin Nash was in He you looked know, like one of the Master Blasters of that figure in his hair. I thought. But yeah, what a match. The sort of levels of energy mm. as well. Mm. That they sustained throughout the match. There was never any downtime. It always felt oh, hot, right
1: and from I the thought, start, wasn't it? It was like just straight away. Or spray hitting like the was it like the Yang time he did at one point. The old yeah. Jimmy Wang mm. Yang move, and then straight to that 450, straight to the forearm, and then straight to the choke slam through a table. Like yeah, they didn't give you a moment to breathe at the start.
2: Yeah, a good order. Getting this underway with a bang. Mm. And uh, honestly, some of the intensity as well. I've never seen Archer show such sustained intensity Mm. during a match. Like the dynamic between these two is oddly great. Like never. You said to me, Will Osprey and Lance Archer, Mm. and I'd be like, Oh yeah, that would be a match.
3: But. Surprisingly, mobile
2: a big guy. So he he oh, it works yeah. well with Osprey. Mm. Even his like old school spot where he was doing the rope yeah. walk. Yeah, that was the best most he's ever got out of that spot as well. Mm. Just some crazy stuff. The table spot as
1: well. Mm. In this The way Osprey sold it, it was an awesome match. Mm. Yeah, that's it. It was one of those matches where, like, I think I mean I, I d- we'll talk about the Pickhams in a bit. Like I felt like you with Archer organizing essentially this event and Osprey, I know you guys are more confident than me on, you know, what Osprey's run is going to look like in this tournament. But for me, I did feel like he's going to come in and he's going to be losing these early matches to the bigger men. But all that went out the window once the match got going. And one, I was, I was right there. It was one of those matches where I was literally pacing in my living room, like, I, you know, for. I think what was the, the blackout move that he does? That Osprey kicked out, or the, the Os Cutter near falls that like oh, yeah. he did. That top rope Spanish fly that Osprey did as well. Oh, off yeah. The, off the choke slam, like all of those big near falls, I bought every single one of them. Hookline and sinker, Same. and completely went against my own thoughts on what the match, the way the match was gonna go.
2: Yeah, and everything looked great as mm. well. There were several points where I was like, it's got to be over, got to be over. The one thing I will say, the one negative on this match, and the thing that takes it down a quarter of a star for me, oh. the, fu- the fucking claw. Ah, Yeah, that is. <laughs> yes. It was we're the best way, the way sport- you could do it, but it wasn't great. Oh, we're not in the
1: sport at yeah.
2: and it's not 1983. The people and- liked it. Ah, to be honest, it, I thought it, it I think it, fucking shit. A claw
3: choke awesome. slam, I could kind of go in with, just sort of lifting it up and using that necessarily. Mm. But look, you Jim, could easily kill someone doing
2: that. As Jim well. Kerry killed the claw in 1997 <laughs> when Li- Liar came out. Remember the claw in Li- Liar Liar? <laughs> yeah. 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 When he does it to his son? Yeah. For me, that move was dead no. at that point in time. And it low. looks fucking shit. Yeah. Like, I great. just cannot suspend my disbelief with that at all. And it didn't fit. In this match. This match was full of great high spots, mm. great intensity, great reversals, great back and forth. Some of the choke slam reversals. Oh, Osprey.
1: Yeah, like, I've never seen someone be so creative to get out of that stuff.
2: Yeah, it was amazing, and you could tell like the four that had gone into it as well
1: the way the match had been laid out, and then the claw. <laughs> and it was like, it was like, Archer did like his, it's like his and Rock move, isn't it? Off the top. That was the finish. Like that, for all intents and purposes, that was the, like the underline of the match and it's over. And it was just like, yeah, we have to do this extra claw bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, I think it was the best way you could do it, but yeah, it was, it was daft looking. Um, yeah. I don't know. How would you feel on a JP? I,
3: I- I wasn't as down on the kind of finish necessarily, but I thought it was it was excellent. And I suppose in some ways, I, I expected it to be, and I really loved the New Japan match. There isn't anything else necessarily could say. It's whether or not, you'd love to think so, but this Osprey run could be really special. It's got the potential to like, anything that you think could possibly beat that best of the Super Juniors run. Mm. Like, could be on for something like that. Oh. Although I would say the next match kind of brought it down a little bit for me.
1: Yeah. Like, we, we went <laughs> from co-reds on from... the ramp to Farley and Evil exchanging yeah. steel chair shots. Uh, I'll in
3: str- be interested to see what he can do with Farley at this stage <laughs> of Farley's career.
1: One point seven five JP. It's my front runner for worst match of the tournament so far. I, I, I feel like things are going to be. I went four and a four point five. Did what did you give uh, Osprey Archer by the way? Uh four and a quarter. There you go. Four and a quarter down to one and a half. Like, for me, 4.5 to 1.75. Four
2: and a quarter as well. And I think I went <laughs> two on Bad Love, Farlight, and Evil. Damn.
1: Too strong. No uh, yeah. redeeming chronology. I, I, maybe it's the fact that... I mean, I used to like Bad Love, Farlight, but as a meme. And at this point, the meme's not even funny anymore. And Evil, <laughs> I just... I mean, I'm gonna say about. I'll probably say the same about the later because I'm not really a fan of him. Evil just doesn't interest me. And then when the two of them are just fucking round like they were here, like you've just got to. Re- I almost feel like 1.75 was too strong.
2: I'll be running through Farley's matches for a lot of the time during this one, just oh, sort of watching him ruin my Pickums.
1: He normally def-
2: fucking does. I'll be deferring to JP for comment because I'll be <laughs> watching him me and getting His view on it.
1: Oh, he fucked my Pickums. <laughs> yeah, pick- you're JP. right. Like I, Sorry? Tried, I tried to do that clever thing again with my Pickums where I went different... I did the post ones, and I did a completely different pitch for Voices of Wrestling, and in both, I didn't count on the fact that Bad Luck Farley was going to win, but I went with Evil on both, and he fucked me. Yeah. Rock and bottom and of the Voices of Wrestling one. Rock, and literally last. And it's Bad Luck Farley's fault. I'm,
3: I'm down there as well, so I think I've got two out of the five on that night one and i just soon as he won this i went oh fuck's sakes this is why i hate this talk. we should have known should we should have seen it coming yeah i was quietly optimistic it's been a couple of times in the last couple where i've done all right and then fallen off a fucking cliff mm. normally as a result of Farley ruining things and it looks like yep here we go again
2: well at least we won't get that tamatonga run of dqs this year
3: oh I, I think I'll they're gonna be involved Fale. heavily in japan mm. I could see him maybe not doing it for this one, but it's I could see them being involved.
1: Runnings every night again.
2: Yeah. Jeez. No, I think Tamatonga's got the tour off, hasn't he? hope so. I think he has. Yeah,
3: I'm yeah, praying yeah. for it. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that was a, a nothing but. Well, the brother's worse, Tonga lower. <laughs> yeah. Like, if, when you've got less charisma than Tamatonga, I think that's uh, that's when you've got to be worried. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was throwaway. Um, but again, we got back on track. I thought the last three matches were great. I, where, where did you... Well, maybe not. Maybe great is strong, but where did you where did you land on the other ones? Were you a fan of were you both a fan of uh, Zach Sabre and Sonada? Um, I, I saw a lot of praise for that. I went three and a half for that. I thought a lot of a lot of people enjoy these two having their long technical matches that they do. They had one in, like I said, on our last show in Manchester for Rev Pro last week, and it just wasn't really for me. And then I watch this one again, and I realize the reason it's not really for me is it's it's purely Sonada. I just don't care about Sonada. I don't think I'm ever going to care about Sonada. And for some reason, New Japan wants me to care about Sonada.
2: Mate, I'm in complete agreement. Um, yeah, I, I love Zach, but I just find Sonara so dull. I've not enjoyed any of their matches together, um, and it's purely a Sonada thing. Uh, there's just nothing about the guy that engages me. He's just missing an edge. There's just it just feels like he's passively going through the motions a lot of the time. Mm. He reminds me of um, how I felt about Dean Malenko when he wasn't facing Luchadors. Uh, Dean Malenko, <laughs> Rey Mysterio, or Uvi, Great. De Malenko, Eddie Guerrero. Some of the most overrated matches I've ever seen in my Oof, life. Just strong. Dull. Oh. Dull. Uh, not all of them, but a lot yeah. of them ECW ones. I was just like, this is kind of boring. Should I be bored here? um and yeah it just sort of reminds me of that sort of wrestler who everything looks nice everything's executed well mm. but there's not that bite and there's not that extra little something that stands out mm. um he doesn't have that sort of benoit edge of aggression which milenko in my opinion was missing as well mm. and there's would we no have been spice on the way he executes anything I just, I'm not looking forward to watching Sonada, and I think he's going to be getting a lot of points. I can see Sonada actually getting a bit of a push in this, mm. if anything, as well. Yeah, um, so Williams, I think's
1: got him winning the entire thing. He almost took me into it, like on my post ones. I was gen- I genuinely had Sonada not quite winning, but like having almost the same like points as the as the A block win. I think I went with Kota Ibushi in the end, but Jesus, like that's that's the possibility because for some reason they just fucking love Sonada
2: do they love Sonata do the, do the the fans in Japan love Sonata that's what I'm about that's to work the thing out. It's,
3: it's a different entity how we're viewing it from how fans in Japan whether or not he would be someone to be considered to be a draw I think mm. the hesitancy I have in kind of I suppose even with him and Evil is New Japan's record of sort of career re, re, rehabilitations. I always think of Naito for that going back to that and what he was and how border was and the sort of Lack of expression on his face, and inexplicably becoming for a while the most charismatic man in wrestling. Yeah. And it's all—it may be difficult to see with Sonada and Evil because they do desperately need, like, just some kind of change. They're just in stasis. Well, Evil certainly in stasis. Like you say, they—they like Sonada. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know when. There's a couple of places where he's just really big. I think even Asaka is one of those crowds that I think really loves him. And For me, yeah.
2: Senada is the equivalent of a really dull holding midfield player who plays sideways passes, short sideways passes. He's like the Jorginho of New Japan, if you ask me. Apparently he's great and technically he does a job. He does what he's required to do. But, he's but there's nothing that stands out and nothing that gets me excited to watch him wrestle, and it's, this has been, what, this is like his fourth G1, I reckon, yeah. third or fourth, and I just haven't really seen that much development, and also, when he comes to the UK, he half asses it, and that pisses me off, and makes me like him less as well.
1: Mm. What did you give it on Grapple?
2: Three and a quarter, maybe?
1: I think we're three and a
2: half
3: on this, yeah. and predominantly because of Zach,
2: mm. who
3: so- was... Phenomenal. And his
2: also his G one press conference comments were amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he managed to slag off the royal family during his G one press yeah. conference. I'm absolutely fine with that.
1: <laughs> what did they say? Like giving technical wrestling to Americans was like uh, was something like
3: reading Shakespeare to a dog. That's it. <laughs> what a lie. <laughs> There you go. That
1: got me at least interested. Yeah, his his interesting.
3: Yeah, he's <laughs> he's such good value. And even the idea of like Strong Style is Dead mm. long live Saberism. I'm Crazy. kind of...
2: Ah, oh, great. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> what did you both but, make of um, Kenta and Kota then? That was another highly anticipated one. Uh, I say Kenta and Kota, the ghost of Kenta versus Kota. I went <clears> 3.25. <throat> I'm, I'm not feeling it. I, I'm hoping that one of you guys are feeling differently than me because I am out there, it does feel like there's a there's a real hard split on on what people thought of uh, Hideo Itami and here back as Kenta. For me, he did some of the hard hitting Kenta moves. He was aggressive, but for me, it was aggressively okay. Is the thing I the way I put it. I like. I just think, I think people really want something to be there with Kenta that isn't anymore. Mm. He still to me wrestles like he's dead behind the eyes. He still to me <laughs> wrestles like he's a tribute act. I'm not saying there weren't glimpses in this match to make me a little bit more understandable about why why people are hopeful, but yeah, they they didn't grab me. Um, and for me, it was just yeah, it was a, it was an okay match. But again, I'm not, I'm still not hugely hyped about uh, seeing Kenta in this year's G one.
2: Yeah, I'm completely with you. Um, it was fine. It was probably one of the kind of. At least good abushi matches I've seen this year or in the last year or so I would say. Um, I wasn't that into it. I wanted to be into it. I want Kenta to be good. I want the guy he was 10 years ago. He ain't that guy. He to me is he's Michael Owen. He's Michael Owen and this is his transfer to Man United after mm. his years at the Wilderness and he needs to get his winner in a 4-3 against Man City. And I hope it mm. comes at some point in this tournament. But he just reminds me of how broken Michael Owen was, and how mm. it was all so much so soon, and he just could never recapture that form. And this is what I think Kent is going to be like. We desperately want him to be good. We have got great memories of him, mm. you know. There have been some wonderful Kent moments over the years, mm. but when was the last one? And I just think at this point, I get why they brought him in for it, but I'm not excited, mm. really. Where try, Fryer
1: and JP? What do you
2: think? Uh, yeah, and that's
1: probably I where I, that. I,
2: I kind of suspect
3: that in my, in deep down, that you're both right about this. I think the way I feel is we'll know the answer in like three weeks' time. At that point, we will have a kind of definitive answer about whether or not he can keep up to the rigours of the new Japan schedule at this at this stage of his career Mm. because you know you can see the massive scar around his shoulder where he's had the sort of Mm. recurrent shoulder injuries as well you know not necessarily into shape but he was he had a crowd that was giving him a sort of lot of goodwill as well but to be honest with you that's going to be we're going to be in for a sort of different set of reactions of how this goes over in japan which is really what i'm interested to see yeah you know How is he going to be when it's Kenta
2: versus Farley? That's, yeah. But they've put him in the workers' block. So he's got a lot of good guys to work with. Mm. And um, I'd love to think it's a confidence issue and he's going to refine that confidence. So he'll be great again. I think a bit more confidence will help him, but I don't think he's going to get to the level that Mm. we want him to get to. And also, I thought they shouldn't have had him win this. I thought there was a better story they could tell with him trying to find himself again and trying to live up to the standard again mm. and I almost thought you could have him losing lots of matches and not in a sort of a, not in a Honma role but in a in a kind of role where he's like, oh I've fallen behind, I've, I haven't wrestled this style in a long time, I'm not used to the schedule, I thought there was a story you could tell there with this rather than having him go over a bushy on mm. night one mm. and I thought that throwing him in and having him go over one of the big hitters maybe it wasn't the smartest move on the first night. They
1: like upsets yeah. Maybe give him that one big thing. win, remind everyone yeah. who he is, at least in theory, and then he goes on the losing streak. Maybe you could do that.
3: In a way, it always feels like these kind of upsets are there to set up King of Pro Wrestling. True. Which I think is October, and it always feels like that they need a couple of upsets because then that creates it. I always think of the Marafuji being the car, the, the start of the G1, was it three years ago? Mm. And then he ended up having that, that great match at, at King of Pro Wrestling. And I think, you know, that's something that they probably will go back to. Like I say, I think Joe's idea is actually a bit more interesting because you could set up a whole series of matches. But it kind of relies on how he is. It's I want it to happen, but to be honest, I'm not going to hold my breath for that to be the case. I think I I, I was slightly higher on this. Than What'd you give it? Two. I give it three and a half as well. As in, I enjoyed it. I was like kind of glued went, to watching it. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah. It wasn't so, Bad. yeah exactly but it sounds I just, like something isn't it if three and a half is a bad match <laughs> no, no, it wasn't bad hand, at no. all no, exactly. forgettable it's, like, so
2: placement
1: on the card yeah, what yeah. you're
2: expecting from the match it's the semi-main what yeah. you want it, What you want the match to deliver think mm. of all
1: the other four star matches we're going to see in this tournament four star matches oh, like, we're not going to be talking about this are we at the end of the tournament um, unless it's in negative terms really on, on what happened with Kent's run uh, Yeah, forgettable for me is kind of the word yeah um, <laughs> But yeah, you know, I guess we'll see. Uh, I'm willing to, to live the, the experiment out and see what they do. But bit of a coupon buster too. I think a lot of people have got Kota Ibushi winning the thing. I've got him on one of my pickems, and even I'm doubting that now. I think it's that old hopeful that we always we always fall for one like that. There's always a darling, isn't there? I uh, bet it yeah. really happens, and in, instead you just end up with Okada Naito in the final, uh, which is usually the safe man's bet. But uh, maybe we'll see. Maybe. Uh, Maybe uh, last year could uh, give us some uh, some even more hope, but yeah, I thought that was okay. Um, Okada Tanahashi, I thought also was was very good. You know, I went four on that. I thought it was the perfect match to book for this crowd. You know, it's a match that's clearly I think burnt out is strong, but you know, it's been done in Japan. You know, the story's been told. The story's over, really, for all intents and purposes. Uh, But if you are gonna try. Uh, I know there were some, you know, the attendance was good, but you know there were some attendance issues. But if you're going to try and draw a crowd, I get it. Okada and Tanahashi is a is a big match to sell to a to, to a to a new Japan fan. Um, yeah, I thought it was the perfect match to book. Thought it was the right finish. You know, I say I did say there, yeah, but the, the story's over with them. But I suppose you've got that added element. to, okay, Okada really is back now. You know, no more draws. Uh, you know he's he's not gonna go back to you know losing to Tanahashi again. He's he's full Okada and he's back. He gets the nice go home promo. He can talk reasonable English, so he's the perfect man to have at the the end of the night and send us all unhappy happy. Um, solid four star match for me. Uh, I know people like you said earlier, JP have gone higher than me on Grapple, but um, not in the league of their other matches. But you know, fine enough.
2: Yeah, I went four and a quarter on this one. Same here. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was. Uh, there are other matches in the last year or so, mm. or a y- couple of years, have had more of a. There's more of a story to the match. This matches. is greatest hits isn't it? Yeah, yeah. This was the greatest hits um, in front of an American audience. It was like the very good house show version of the greatest hits from Akira Tanahashi matches. That was exactly what it needed to be for this audience. It was. It was good. It was very good.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the crowd sort of lifted it up, and yeah. they they were clearly absolutely buzzed about. This, being able to wrestle this match on American soil. Um, yeah, this is, I mean, considering, again, going back to last year, how I felt after the sort of Tanahashi-Jay White match <laughs> and feeling, feeling miserable about that, this one, I mean, I actually thought it was going to be a draw. Mm. so I already realised after day one my G1 pickums are fucked because I've got Tanahashi getting to the final they always like the Tanahashi story of he loses the first couple and then goes on the sort of big run afterwards mm. um, but it was like you say it was the kind of thing you want to make sure that these people what go back to watch New Japan again if they run Dallas again which I know it sounds like something they shouldn't do but possibly because of Mark Cuban's involvement that's something that they will do again
1: mm. Yeah, it, it it it's interesting because they, obviously I think they'll definitely go back just a you know, smaller venue, but they're, they're coming back to the US as well, aren't they? They're doing those shows on the East Coast and Ring of Honor's uh, backyard as well. Uh, I think a big part of this, that mm-hmm. this wasn't as big as it should have been, it's, you know, one thing that like a, a constant of this year is, you know, for anyone who ever said that the Young Bucks and, uh, and Kenny Omega weren't draws, look at Ring of Honor's attendances over the last few months. And then look at this with New Japan. There's clearly a hit there, isn't there, And not being involved with those guys. I don't know, does, uh, yeah. d- does the uh, the news of them come, in, come over to America and doing a tour on their own on the East Coast give you any hope that maybe that's coming or are we just seeing New Japan? Are they seeing the writing on the wall with Ring of Honor? Uh, maybe they don't even go with AEW and they just continue to try and do their own thing in the US. Um, although again, I do worry uh, about doing that without you know a tie-in of their their big their former big US stars in the elite.
3: The, there's a couple of options they could do in terms of Ring of Honor. It is really noticeable you're running Boston, Philadelphia, and, and New York. I mean, like the kind of original Ring of Honor markets, if anything. The fact you know, surprise, not doing Jersey as well at the same time, but
2: New Japan in Trenton. Oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? In 2011. I yeah, think. that was like the, the
3: first yeah. one that they did. Um, it's interesting that they're not using Ring of Honor. I think as well, this is one of the issues they have, is what talent are they going to use from Ring of Honor? Because it would appear, if you always like Jeff Cobb, for example, and mentioned earlier on about the exchange he had with Ishii. I could see Jeff Cobb from a wrestling perspective having a really good tournament and getting himself over because the crowd are very much pre- predisposed to liking him in Japan so far. Um, just wait for his contract to end with Ring of Honor and try and see if you can just do New Japan and Indies. And it just makes me think, like, they're, they're going to be looking at these attendances for shows. They're going to be looking at the experiences that New Japan guys have working Ring of Honor and how less it feels. So you'd hope they take a lesson from it. But at the same time, who else... Re, they would want an American partner and bring up her old, old friend Impact Wrestling because obviously
2: they're going to access TV happened. as <laughs> they to TV up? as well. Uh, that ain't happening. Moose versus Okada.
1: They,
2: they, I say they are still so bitter about what Jeff. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. not happening. That won't happen. Uh,
1: oh well, I'm hopeful one day. As is
2: JP. He's looking at me with like disappointment <laughs> that I'm not
1: <don't> <laughs> Yeah, they had the chance, JP, and they blew it. Uh, but, yeah, but all in all I thought a, a solid day one I'm, I'm not feeling I don't know are you guys feeling the G1 season buzz yet I'm not maybe it's the fact that next you know, week I'm, next yeah, week next week's when we're going to be pulling our hair out as we start as the matches start to pile up and we try so and it's three
3: through. days in a row isn't it
1: that's right yeah yeah there's one on the 13th, 14th, 15th Monday morning's the last one yeah we'll probably record Monday night that's going to get fun uh, as it gets deeper um, I don't know any, any thoughts on the tournament going forward any choices on winners any choices on I don't know Joe maybe more, more to the point you know, who you're skipping this year uh, there's no you are you going to be skipping yeah. Jay White this year uh, what are you thinking
2: um, Farley will get a few skips <laughs> Evil will get a few skips the only problem is the block is good mm. so they might be having good ma- well, Evil there's a chance of good matches I'm tempted to skip some Sanada not going to lie um, but these are matches like I said JP will be up watching these live so I'll be messaging JP getting a second opinion on what I can skip. <laughs>
3: yeah. What
1: um, are you be doing while you're watching them, JP? Making the breakfast or, or what's the plan? Yeah, it's,
3: it's classic housework time. That's what, that's what New Japan is <laughs> for me. Early in the morning. That although I have to say this year the theme for G one is piss poor. It was piss poor last year. I, I don't believe you on that. I liked. Oh,
1: that. it was good. I think we made it good, JP. I think by repeating it on the we podcast did. over and over again, it's burned oh, into I've my head. In. The,
3: <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> <laughs> as well.
1: JP, can we bring it back for this year? Even though it's not the real theme, I feel like we should.
3: Yeah, I'm alright with that because that is the real G one theme. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Is it "Man with a Men with a Mission"?
1: Joker's men? A rendition there. Men with a mission,
3: yeah. Yeah. Martin saw them at download. Martin Bush said they were great. Oh, were they? Yeah. He's yeah.
2: Big. No, fan. I'm, low, though. I'm not getting it. I prefer "Men on a Mission" or "Men at Work." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: But yeah, I think we'll be feeling it more next week, and yeah, we'll be by week two or three, um, we'll we'll all be wanting to tap out anyway. So maybe we should be uh, careful what we wish for. But I was gonna say know. we can do it, JP.
3: Very quickly, who have
1: you got in your final? On the two, I've got my main one. I do. I I always think I think Gado can be predictable at times, and I think sometimes the most boring choice is is kind of the one to go for. I still think they're telling this long term story with Okada. Um, and I think the the payoff to him losing so many matches last year and, and being such a bum last year is he comes through. This is. They kept mentioning on commentary on day one nobody's ever gone through the G1. And uh, well, I think people. Nobody, sorry, in recent memory has gone through and been champion and, and won the G1. I think is going to be the man to do that. I think that's kind of where, where we're going. I think that's the story. I think he beats Naito in the final. I think that'll upset the Naito loyalists. Um, but if you ask me, yeah, that's yeah. my genuine view. I'm on my, a on my voice as one, just to kind of play both sides. I've got Kota Ibushi winning. But yeah, if you ask me hand on heart, I'm thinking Okada-Naito final.
2: The Ak- if Okada wins, that's just kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Really, isn't I don't know what you do for a
1: challenger. I know you, cre- you create a problem, but you know, Osprey can beat him on the way. That can set up a match in the UK. Other people can beat him. Uh, there's other ways you can get there.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that it worked when they did it with Kentamihara in all Japan for the Champion Carnival, and it and I said at the time it had that look about well, we're trying to create our proper race. So, <laughs> so different if you you company, could, though. I was going to say a you set
2: could you,
3: Well, there is, but you could you could say if you're gonna you were gonna do this type of push with a carder, it would have been the type of thing in like 2013. That like you know as champion winning it and going straight through um i've got tanahashi naito in the final with naito winning i've just got boring because i'm trying to think of what two matches can they put on to get as many to, as many seats what i wanted to have happen and what is apparently according to sort of a lot of the especially the kota ibushi interview was thinking one night you were gonna have Champion versus champion, Okada versus Naito, and the other one was Kenny versus Kota at the Dome.
4: Mm.
3: More as a case that Omega comes in and basically does one shot. It's not like a round for lots of storylines, but maybe he would he would do that for Ibushi. Mm. But it, it's by by all means to try and make it sound less likely. You'd love to think, oh, I hope I'm being worked on this one, but.
2: Mm. Possibly not. I, I really don't want another Naito Abushi match as the final. I'm done on Naito Abushi matches. Yeah, I could you. believe that. Yeah. Yeah. My my. Uh, how can I put it? My optimistic hope is Osprey Naito as the final. Yeah. I think I'm dreaming. Mm. But Osprey J White. Sonata- or, no? uh, but, ah, come on, mate. Naito <laughs> Sonata. You could see them uh, kind of doing yeah. as well. That, yeah. Mm. I think Naito's a shoe in for that. Uh, that B block. 'Cause uh, who else is who else is there who could compete? Jay, Jay White. White, that's it. I I think they know Jay White isn't yeah. at the level that yeah. he can wrestle a G one final though, and get that that kind of a claim match at this mm. point in time. So I think they'll play it safe on that one. Um maybe next year he might be ready for it. Mm. We never really? know. Yeah.
1: Then well then again he might just blow us away this year, Joe. He might make a believer it. He, he won't. <laughs> He's got better.
2: He's got better. Keep the beard, keep the jacket. Um it's getting better, but at the same time, slow progress.
1: Yeah, there you go. All we got, All we got to hope for, Joe, is we don't get a Sonada J-White final. Uh, if we get anything other than that, <laughs> I'll be happy. And if we do get it, I'm blaming Suit Williams. So I guess we'll see. Um, that is fine. I, I know we had sonada I don't know, actually. I think maybe we had Naito on the other side, because that makes sense, the LIJ match. Just just not mm. Sonada, please. Let, let's just hope that, that conspiracy theory dies a death.
3: Sonata J. White's god suits a glutton for punishment if he wants that to happen. Oh,
1: god. Yeah. I
3: was also thinking with this because about nearly a thousand people or so involved, hmm. and this is probably breaking several laws. Imagine you had to do tenor in winner takes all, so you got like sort of eight grand on the line. Giving... Of course, if
2: shifty geezer like <laughs> you,
3: the G1, oh, honestly, you've been watching again. it. Yeah, uh, you'd be watching it going like berserk in the final.
1: Grapple pick'em's <laughs> next year, should we get Gareth on it?
3: Yeah, but there has to be, you know, and I don't gamble, but I think you put that, you add that element in there of like 10, make it 20 put qu- 16 grand, no like, oh, well, if you get to the, if you're second, you get some money, no. Winner takes all, yeah. one person.
2: It sounds like your idea of that pounded a pint glass for strippers or something you had as well. <laughs> that wasn't like
3: my idea.
2: What? You tell me about that. I want to hear about
3: this. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a long story I ended up... I, yeah, I'm not going to go into it now. Bastard for bringing out. Sounds <laughs> terrible, but it wasn't my idea. JP and strippers. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, would you like to move us on, JP? Yeah. <laughs> Good old, should, we, should we talk about Brighton up? instead? Yes. Were there any strippers uh, in Brighton?
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> well, there might, might be. be. We didn't see it. We anything. didn't see anything like that. Uh, you um, went down to Ripside, though, didn't you? You went down we to Ripside.
2: I suppose you saw me strip off in the hostel. Oh, so there was that. Oh. That, that hostel,
3: I mean, we'll go on to it a bit. Like It felt like, have you seen that film? Was it A Prayer Before Dawn? I the one with the, seen That yeah. film
2: Hostel, yes. Uh, yeah. Now. A long time ago.
3: No, not a prayer before dying. The one of oh. the young lad who ends up in a Thai prison oh, from the boxing Liverpool. One? Yeah, I've
2: not you tell me to watch it, but yeah. i never gone around and watched it.
3: It kind of sleeping it's it you know, it's pretty grim a Thai prison, and it made me think of this is the place where we were staying. There was four of us in a room, it was like a sweat box with just a
2: fan <laughs> on the ceiling. No curves. No yeah. yeah, it was.
3: It
1: Where's was bleak bloody hell yeah.
2: It was basically like a prison in the local area was getting rid of a load of its old gear. They were getting rid of some old bunk beds, some old mattresses, and this guy who ran this pub was like, Yeah, I got a couple of rooms. Got a mate who works at a prison selling the shit off cheap or HMP or whatever. Got a couple of beds, a few quid for him and a couple of rooms above his pub. If it was the closest I've ever like <laughs> felt to sleeping in a night in the cell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically.
3: It did feel, however, oh, it was a sweat box. they did it's some like a cracking house.
2: food. The
3: jambalaya was well good. Yeah, and I had a jerk chicken and rice, and it was awesome. And it sounds really set us up nicely for going across the Riptide. We have to say as well, full disclosure, we were in, we were invited down very kindly by um Josh and Tom. Mm. Thank thank you know I want to thank them for you know letting us come down and being able to have a have a chat with them as well about about things about the show, um, but overall. Uh, at a cracking night. It was a belter of a show It was. It well. was great. It really was. And in this one, what was really interesting is there was, like, kind of a couple of things that went against them. Um, and I suppose one of the more, well, there was a few sort of really noteworthy things that happened, but we had quite early on Jack at Sexsmith announced his retirement on the show. Which was which was unannounced and apparently you know it seems legit that he's doing. I think he's doing some commentary for TNT in
1: Liverpool. He is, yeah. He that's is. A, that's an odd one. I don't know what the fit is <laughs> there, but nice for him. Nice that he's getting
3: nice you know, for him. Work. You know, if he gets to keep his hand in, I, I don't know if he trains at the Hustle, um, training school in Edmonton possibly. Um, but yeah, there was that, and obviously Jack sexman has been set up as like the big. You know they've been building up the, sort of his big run, going for the title, winning the Riptide Rumble, and then putting the shot on against Spike Trevay. So to have that, and then to go right, how do they book around it? Yeah. And then manage to find a way to do that, and also have a show with a broken ring, because that was something that happened. Was it Happen in the early? Happened early. It I want really to say it was like the second match. Possibly. Yeah, and where we were, they managed. You know looking down you could see them trying to fix it and it were just people staying though i had staying away from the corner and generally everyone did a really good job of doing that but it was you know having to deal with the ring breaking obviously you've got like one of your top stars in the promotion who's announced their retirement and they managed to get
2: through it yeah and- the the momentum of the crowd the whole night yes like the crowd were down and really sad about sex with obviously people crying in the crowd yeah um but at the same time people willed this show to be good mm. and yeah. to have a great time afterwards uh the sex with stuff was you know ended on a somber note but at the same time it didn't affect uh the show in mm. any way at all and it this was a really really fun show what i love about riptide is mm. Is the setup? Yeah. It feels like you're at a football match in, in to some extent. It feels mm. like you're in like a it's like they've got like this sort of little terraces. Yeah, it's like little terraces on like a three rows back. Yeah. It, everyone gets a good view. Yeah. It reminds me of going to like non-league or like when I used to go to Bournemouth games mm. and they were in division two back in the day and stuff. And I used to stand on the terraces and it was like rest watching wrestling on the terraces. It mm-hmm. was a really fun yep. atmosphere. Really fun way to watch it. Good view of everything as a result of the way that they use the terraces. Really well lit venue. I don't know that's kind of a odd thing to say. We don't really mm. talk about lighting in venues. It's do, basically right? a church
1: hall. But, but it's it, like, won- it looks so good on VOD. If you went there in person and it looked like shit, that'd be notable, wouldn't it? Like it's cool that at least it sounds yeah. like the that experience does translate, even if maybe it's not quite as cinematic.
3: And I think there was something about it that it was like it was a really hot day, and it was like a sweat box in there. But in some ways, it was kind of like added to the whole intensity oh, of yeah, the definitely,
2: feel. Definitely, definitely.
3: That you know when it's like when it's like okay, there's there's stuff going on, and everyone was was into it. And um, what I found notable is obviously the VOD. I've had a brief look at the start of the they put the uh, main event with mm, current.
1: We're pack, that, yeah,
3: yeah, on YouTube. Look at that, but then I also saw a clip from Eve, who ran there the week before, and it was like complete opposite in terms of production. Mm -hmm. Like just I've only ever I've only seen a brief clip, I can't comment on it for the whole of the show. But looking at it in terms of the lighting, everyone was just sort of stood around the ring, whereas, you know, they they had this kind of terracing set up, they had seats behind the, the ring as well. So it was all well set up with the light you know having the good lighting yeah. as well at the same time
2: little touches as well with the presentation commentary yeah yeah but when you go in as well um they've got mm. merch at the front and little bits of their merch like they, they don't just sell t-shirts and your usual merch they had like denim jackets mm. like With Riptide Rested on, they had um, the anti-fun police, like FBI style raincoats there and stuff as well. They thought about clothing that's like fashionable and appealing to that audience, Mm. and they've invested in that as well. Yeah. Those vests rather than t-shirts as well. Yeah. They kind of feel like they're kind of really in touch with the style of fan base that they attract. It feels like they are, for me, the kind of cool promotion Mm. in terms of the aesthetic, in terms of the rest as they're booking. And in terms of the style of the mm. show as well, and just the overall presentation, little things as well. Like I had uh, the beer, was beer was fucking great there. The pale ale they had on tap was. I mm. should bring back Joe's beer corner. <laughs> beer, cause I was I well hoping. A good few points of we that. We didn't
3: get to go to the brewery that was in there on their beer the next time. time.
2: But they also had another uh, beer as well, which was like this riptide beer. Um, I should send you the picture, Ben, I'm afterwards. It was like a Chris Brooks octopus. Oh, here. I've
1: seen that before. Yeah, and yeah. a
2: really cool little can. Like little things like that just add to the kind of feeling of the show, the mm-hmm. identity of the company, the identity of the show. And those things, I think, are so important in 2019 to kind of getting people to invest in your promotion and feel like they're kind of part of something. And this felt to me like kind of peak progress when we were going. It's the closest mm. I've felt to that. Mm. For me, this is a better version of Fight Club Pro. Fight Club Pro yeah. is a promotion with good wrestling in a big room, but the room is so big, the ceiling's so high, psychologically everyone just ends up chatting. Whereas this, the room is so compact, it's so intimate, and the space is so intense that it forces you to watch... Is a better Fight Club pro if you ask me.
3: I would say on the wrestling side, what they manage—more focus.
2: I was surprised wrestling isn't focused.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. I would say there's a focus, there's a very clear sort of storytelling arc that that goes throughout the shows and and the things that are going on. The wrestling is like people being booked to work in a way which is to the best of their abilities. Absolutely. It's, it it's you will see sort of bigger and bigger stars wrestling and other promotions. But here you've kind of got the package of a crowd investment in everything that was on, on the show. Um, I'm trying to think of what, what was the opening match.
2: Uh, the opening match was Mike Byrd and lying kid.
3: Yeah. Which was a, a perfectly fun opener. Mike Bird is one of these underrated guys who, who, works around on the british scenes obviously done a lot of work in terms of training people at dragon pro i tend to always enjoy watching him work yeah he's completely be solid yeah completely he's really solid. like sort of solid guy to have on there and it was you know simple heel face dynamic then he had the sex Myth promo then after that there was the uh mambo versus jordan breaks and i have to say about chuck mambo he's so much more sort of comfortable in his own skin as a wrestler did you find this like, out
1: when you were buying a pint at the bar, or was it during the match? I didn't. I didn't buy. I didn't buy. <laughs> I've seen the photos, JP. I've,
3: I've got. I've, I've still got. To, we haven't got to that stage. Yet. <laughs> you Maybe got, in the you got papped, mate. I did I? Yes, yeah. I did get papped. Yeah. I was kind of expecting it as well. But I really enjoy the match against Jordan Brakes, who's really good young wrestler as well. I think you saw him on the, was it on the Riptide Rumble show, where he was it pinned Pipe, Spike Trevay. Do
1: you remember that, Benno? Yeah, well, yeah, that was like the one of the more like notable ones uh,
3: that they. Yeah, he's like only about twenty years old, and him and Mambo had like a sort of a, a really good, solid match, which is there to sort of establish uh, Mambo as wrestling people of different styles. After the the match, I think he's had with TK Cooper recently as well. You know, really sort of solid undercard. Then there was the issues with the rings. They had to have a couple of breaks in between. And they had That's a... It's always a killer. That's so, like, the cool.
1: momentum of a show, isn't that it, is, that, when that happened? i have been so many didn't. Northwest Indy shows that yeah, happened. Didn't.
2: That's cool. It didn't, it didn't kill it. They had a quick break. Um, TK Cooper, Carl Fletcher, which would have been the first half main. Um, yeah. They had the four-way that, tag. They well. the four-way tag. wild ta- four-way tag, which was awesome. Oh, the teams for this. Oh, uh, Curtis Chapman is a heel. Honestly, so good. I wish that Rev Pro would go with Curtis Chapman as a keyboard warrior. such a good gimmick. Mm. Him and Gideon Gray were a hilarious team. Yep. Paul Robinson and Shakara, which was random, but it was fine. Ginny, this is the best I've ever seen Ginny. Mm. Like, you know, I'm not, I was with a with a mate of ours who he He's a wrestling fan, but he's kind of a lapsed wrestling fan, and he really wanted to come to a show. And he was really into this match. And I was saying to him beforehand and I'm not a big Ginny fan, giving him my reasons why. During the match I was saying to him that nah, since I last saw her live, there's a real improvement there in mm. terms of the timings like the pacing and mm. times. Her strikes look better in this as well. It was a really good match all around that one, I thought.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. It was uh it was really good fun and they managed to work around the fact that there was a corner of the ring that they yeah. couldn't use. It's a good mix of comedy and
2: good yeah. sort of intense action. They mix both really Ro- well.
3: Robo and Brian, because I think I saw the comment that someone said if Millwall was a wrestler, <laughs> it, would, it would be Paul Robinson. <laughs> he's an Arsenal fan. I know yeah. He's all right. I'm I think he's an E. D. L. fan. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, the Carl Fletcher T. K. Cooper match as well. Um, there was one big botch where TK Cooper didn't hit. Um, I think he went for a. I think he tried to go for a. Was it like a, a spring springboard, moon, yes, but they could moonsault. But TK Cooper at the most confident I've seen him, and most comfortable I've seen him in a couple of years in this match as well. Mm. Like it was good seeing him at that sort of level again as well live because we all know what you can do and we all want it to be back there, but it's not not been present. But that was a really fun match as well as kind of the first half main. And then what do we come out with the second half? I mean. There
3: was the there was the Rob Lias, Millie McKenzie, Candy Floss, which was again you know, uh,
2: I, I like the storyline as well of Rob Lias being this sleazeball and yeah. that that was quite good.
3: it well, when he's setting up Candy Floss, Millie McKenzie, and then I think you had the it was was it the main then at that point?
2: Yeah, I think it yeah. was the
3: main. And here now I have to say, I haven't seen Cara Noir too many times. Um, he's someone who's got a, sort of the unique Black Swan gimmick, which mm. is which is different to everything else out there. So you think, well, okay, it's really distinctive. It's a cracking entrance. It's a, it is a really great entrance. And here it was like, okay, he's coming out. He's got a mystery opponent. Who's he going to be? And we said it when, you know, when Joe was at uh, the cockpit and they, this is the way you book pack. Mm. And he got a superstar reaction. Absolutely. Did the, did the, was I wrong reaction. or did the
1: advertisement at one point then took him off, then he came back on as a surprise? I'm sure I read that somewhere. Oh, I, didn't
3: see I didn't see that. I didn't see that. If that is the case, it might well Still, have been. Still though, but... if
1: it's on purpose, it's the right way to do it, isn't it? Like, Yeah. Immediately, he's, he's a big baby face like just coming out. like Or immediately, people, maybe not so much that, people are just happy to see him uh, at that point they rather, were, than, rather than dread the outcome of the match.
3: But he got the crowd to turn against him and it was very similar to the kind of Michael Oku match that he'd had in some ways. Not necessarily like, structurally because there wasn't a, a time limit, but there was a lot of Cara Noir, him not wanting to give Cara
2: Noir any respect. It was him wrestling from underneath and yeah. like, really fun, like really kind of uh, quite intense, mm-hmm. like, sort of charismatic comebacks where Cara Noir was really over because he was wrestling from underneath. Mm. Pack was really effective as a here as well. He wasn't mm-hmm. getting cheered at all um the guy we were with as well was, like i said it was his first show he went mad because he obviously knew he knew pack was he'd seen him as neville he'd seen him on the indies before and he said like that was he just looked a level above everyone else don't disrespect mm. to anyone else but mm. you could just see that this guy is like different level mm. when it comes to his presence his execution the way he can control a crowd can keep him investing the match so yeah, I'm really hoping this is Pac really finding his feet after kind of months of dragging his heels. If anything, do you know what's
3: coming up soon? No, his match with Ben K.
2: Oh, come on, Ben K. <laughs> yeah, the,
3: su- the superstar we need, yeah, at this point. Give him the belt, give me tomorrow. tomorrow I do. <laughs> yeah, but Bo- book it in the street, okay?
1: But yeah.
3: outside your house, off the balcony, mate. I'll watch it off the balcony. If Ben K, Dragon Gate want to have a match. They've had, they've had a show in Oxford before. Whether or not they want to come specifically to my house to run a show, that's... They could do it. <laughs> oh, have that's what want. I want.
1: JP's Backyard Wrestling.
3: Yeah. You some, again, like I've said before, this is high spot central for backyarders where I am.
1: <laughs>
2: I'm just looking forward to seeing you as a booker. We oh, wildest dreams coming true, yeah, huh? It would go Russo very quickly, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if Glenn Joseph gets involved. <laughs> um, what's... But Riptide as a whole, I would say, if if you get a chance, Bello, and to mm. anyone who's listening who's yeah. not been, it's Brighton's a jewel. Um, I live eighty miles from Brighton. It took me. <laughs> we left at two o'clock. We got to Brighton at like quarter past five. Mm. Like Brighton is t- t- tough to get to. It's not the easiest place. It's worth the journey. I'm really glad yeah. we went down again. It's hard, to, like, the times they start the show, they start at 10 to 7. Mm. So finishing work and getting there on a Friday, it's going to be, like, nigh impossible. If I'm off work, we, manage, we were off work on Friday, if I'm off work again at any point, and I can yep. get down there and the shows meet, my sort of work schedule, I'll definitely be going down again, because I love this atmosphere. I love the, the environment they fostered there. Yeah. Uh, there's that bit of community spirit that mm. hasn't been present in a lot of British promotions that I've been going to in a while. And it was really refreshing. It was exactly, it catered to us and it's exactly what we wanted from the night, wasn't it? Yeah, I
3: would say. And the other thing as well is they're happy about running Brighton and that's a good thing. Not ideas that are kind of going out of control about trying to run multitudes of places that we've seen lots of promotions try and do before. They're happy with Brighton and that is, and and there is room for expansion within Brighton itself. Mm -hmm. So it makes complete sense. There's, to do that and it is a very Brighton-centric show and I love Brighton as a place. Yeah, Brighton's a really cool place. It's a really cool place. Like it's the kind of place if you get a chance to go down there, you'll want to have a couple of days around there if you can.
2: Mm. One of the other things I really like as well is they've kind of, in the same way Progress did it, they've taken it from a slightly different angle. They've sort of taken music culture, I think, and merchandising and sort of alternative music and stuff as well and Mm. used that to their advantage as part of the identity. Um, And I think it shows that they've got a couple of people running the show who are really in touch with um, not just wrestling, but also music currently as well. And I think being able to merchandise your product Mm. to a fan base that are interested in that sort of culture, they're they're doing a great job. Little little touches, like when we left, we got a, um, not a flyer, we got a sticker. For the, uh, Pride the shows of tournament. yeah, the Pride of Brighton tournament, the Open Air tournament next month on the bank holiday weekend, and you know a flyer is so disposable. You get a flyer, it's like you know, whatever. A sticker, I was like, oh, I'll stick this on this. Like that lives on. There's a memory that's created there. You stick it in the right place, that gets more attention. That's a reminder or something. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. little techniques like that, I think show how kind of ahead of the game they are. Um, with their approach, and at the same time, you've got to remember, this is a local promotion, this isn't a promotion that's necessarily running around the country, they're not running in London, like, they're a great approach on their part, and all power to them.
1: Awesome, yeah, that's a, everything about them, the presentation, the ethos behind the company, it's you're right, it, it, it appeals to the person like me, uh, it's it just that it it's
3: uh, you'd love it, you yeah. get you going to the cockpit as well. You'd have an absolute cracking weekend. There you go.
1: Maybe I can uh, stop off in Oxford on the way and do it. Um, oh. Nice sunny day. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely. You would JP have to do you can do some day. backyarding on the Saturday. <laughs> yes. There you go. That's the weekend we can book JP's uh, backyard wrestling.
3: You can you can relive the uh, was it Benson Richard's days, the
1: glory. Oh, let's not talk about that. We were talking about claw holes <laughs> before, mate. I once took a claw. Oh, break would you do out. it
3: in your Ring of Honor tracksuit? <laughs> is it? That's 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 your back guard that photo with the... Were you wearing a bandana? I was, it? mate, I was. In the Ring of Honor track suit, or is it a t- or is it? A t- I t- think I'm in a beanie
1: camp. in that one, but I definitely... Look, I was a hip-hop fan. I, th- I thought I was a Wu-Tang Clan fan. I thought I looked cool in Special a K
3: fan by the looks of that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was the look that I was going for, but yeah. In more ways than way. one, mate. <laughs> you uh, but yeah, def- definitely have to join you for one of those weekends. But yeah, there's fuck what are we we still got three shows to talk about joe you yeah. went to uh mate to last thing well. i want to add oh, i just
2: had one last thing about riptide we were in a bar afterwards and we were shouting to curtis chapman he lives in southampton he lives in st mary's god knows why roughest part of the city he doesn't know matt letizia is i mm. said to him you look like a young matt letizia he was like oh who's that criminal you were telling me we were we when were there would, he with been
1: born, though? would it be like 96
2: say it again when would he be born Mate, he's still on TV all the time. He's 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 known. He's he's not niche, he's not like I don't know it's not like Craig Hignett or something. <laughs> like yeah. he's Matt Lefucking Tizier. He lives in Southampton. He lives in Le God's Town. He lives in God's country. <laughs> St. Mary's, there's a pub called the Le Feet around the corner from <laughs> where he must live. I was I was outraged at old Curtis there and that revelation. And he hasn't watched SummerSlam ninety two, so Curtis wow. sort of out pal.
3: No, no, oh. Yeah, just also say we had a we had a good night out with um, Dave Green and Joe Atherton as well, with a good few points and I'll say Joe Atherton's wheelchair is fucking heavy. <laughs>
1: Property.
3: <laughs> I was helping him I was I was helping him try and lift up Jesus. That's a young man's game. That's like that's brutal.
1: Yep, sounds like a good time there. Huh? Yeah, they're, they're definitely. Yeah. I have to join you, and yeah, I, I still don't believe you, JP. I definitely think you bought Chuck Mambo a pint uh, in that pub afterwards. But uh, I don't
3: know. it'll come, <laughs> and it'll be a big moment when it happens. <laughs> that's it. I'm going <laughs> to make
1: you two wait. The money's in the chase. That, real. That's the moment of his validation when Chuck Mambo becomes your new riddle.
2: Oh fuck it out! Gonna buy him a Cornish ale.
1: <laughs> uh, we know yeah. must you love
2: Cornwall. <laughs> I'm not
3: going down that road
1: again. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, as I was saying, it's a, uh, fuck me, big week of shows, still free to go. Uh, Joe, yeah. that weekend, you also went to Rev Pro. you went to the cockpit.
2: Yes, I did. Yeah, uh, really good show as well. Really good weekend of wrestling. A uh, few highlights to point out. Uh, Dan Maloney made his debut at the cockpit, team with MK McKinnon. Interesting against, that he's uh,
1: on, on the cockpit and not in progress. I thought that was a weird kind of. Oh
2: mate, I hope he continues because what I've seen of him in progress, he was way more over here mm. in five seconds. He was awesome. Uh his confidence was through the roof. He had real presence about him there's some charisma there as well he was doing like a kind of Scott Steiner thing at points of it which I was I'm always going to be into if you want to do sort of Scott Steiner circa 1998 and he was playing off his size he was' had Curtis Chapman chopping him all over the place and just no sold everything and just sort of did like a sort of hard man pose right, didn't flinch. He got over in an absolute instant. Like, honestly, the match I thought would just be fine. It was a really, really fun match was that. Um, and they built a little feud between Dan Maloney and Curtis Chapman going forward, it felt like. And people really wanted to see Maloney again after this one. So... I'm hoping that he's going to be a regular on shows from now on. And Eminem, and MK McKinnon, they work as a tag team. Maloney's also got someone that stands out. He's also got a look that not many British indie guys kind of have, which helps him stand out a little bit more as well. Um, so that was a real highlight. Um, the other stuff, they continued the Shah Samuels-Bodem Aussie Open feud that I'm a big fan of. Um, I don't know if I'm a big fan because I've seen all of the angles and I've been there for a lot of the stuff. But I, I feel like Josh Bodum and Kyle Fletcher legitimately hate one another. Mm. That's the impression I get from it. <laughs> um, Bodem referring to... That wouldn't it. be surprising, really, would it? Oh, no, not yeah. one bit. Um, but they had a, a decent match as well. I thought they maybe could have gone for a bit more of a crazier brawling style at points rather than a kind of indie match. I thought that was something that I would have suggested considering the nature of the feud. Um, but they advanced the storyline well there as well. You then got a Sha-Mark Davis match, which did exactly the same. And then that broke out into this crazy brawl where the entire roster, other than Pack and David Starr, ended up in the ring battering one another. That was bizarre but kind of hilarious and kind of really got over the crowd as well. Everyone going mad. Um, some good Curtis Chapman Dan Maloney in there again as well which I was happy with uh, so that was another real highlight from the show and then the main event between David Starr and Pac was another really good Pack match that I saw over the weekend so from being so down on Pac uh, he's really gone up in my estimation over the last month or so and this is another really good weekend for him um, uh, did you guys hear about that match and what happened at all?
1: I, I look with trepidation. I was a little bit worried because I was like, I kind of felt like I knew what was coming, but it sounds like they did they did it in a creative way. Uh, yeah, they did. If I don't love it.
2: Yeah, it played off the Zach match and the way that ended as mm-hmm. well, and you had the stuff of Roberts and Star that continued. Star was great throughout the match in terms of the way he was taunting Pac with stuff he was saying about Dragon Gate. Uh, <laughs> what was he saying? Uh, he was just asking, sort of talking about like... He was threatening the, to step on the belt. It's only yeah, fucking yeah, Dragon yeah,
1: Gate yeah. did he say that at any point.
2: Yeah, no, he was asking what he's protecting and stuff. <laughs> but then There was a great spot in the match when Star got the Dragon Gate belt and said, ah, oh, this is what you're protecting, is it Pac or whatever? Oh, and he kept referring to his as Neville. There was a great bit at the beginning where he called him Adrian and then said, oh, no, they took, they took our name away from you. Sorry, Neville. Oh, they've taken that one away from you too now, Pac. And then he just kept referring to him as Neville and Adrian throughout the match and kept taunting him. That was hilarious. Uh, but with the Dragon Gate belt at the end, he took the belt. It was on the floor. And he was like, ah, oh, so this is what you're protecting, A eh, Pac. And then went to stand on the belt and Roberts pulled it from underneath him. And then that led to the ending. And Jesus, that was loud. (laughs) And as a finish, that really worked. Um, And people weren't too disappointed with the way it ended because they played off the think how much press the Walter stuff got. Mm. They played off what that Walter stuff got, and. I thought it was a really smart way to use the heat that Dragon Gate belt has got Pac in the UK mm. and to play off of that as well. And to play off of Pack's whole story i narrative in Rev Pro so far, which has basically been disappointment because of fucking Dragon Gate. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's it. Dragon Gate's kind of the, kind of the big heel, though. Um, yeah, I don't mind Until that. So Ben
3: I mean... K rides it to glory.
1: <laughs> there you go, yeah. And then, and then a David Stark. I mean... I would say, like, who means more to RevPro right now? It's David Starr, isn't it? So I still don't love it.
2: It uh, was fine, like, it honestly by the end of it, mate, with the promo with Quilledum, the, the the loss didn't matter. See, I
1: don't get like yeah. the sounds of that, though, this Quilldom stuff. What is it like? He's uh, putting company versus Starr's RevPro career or something like that. Yeah,
2: I don't know. It's, it's very confusing, and I'm kind of like, what? But the promo segments are good. Mm. If you're there in the venue, people are into it because people love Star. I, I don't know. I'm willing to give it a go. It, it's confusing, it's odd, it's very unrev pro. But they are telling stories as well. They are giving stories a go and letting them play out of the shows. I think they could do a better job at promoting some of those stories Mm. and maybe doing some more video packages, releasing a bit more stuff on YouTube at times as well. Mm. JP told me they did release the star um, Quilden promo from this Sunday spot pit on there, which is a really good step. It's an odd storyline, but I think in the venue on the day it's going to be over as well because Star is over in such a big way. I don't know where they go with it. I don't know what mm. the direction of this is mm. at all, and it's very unrev pro to go over what sounds like a very WWE-based storyline. Yeah, but I think Star's so hot right now that he's going to make anything work. Like he didn't lose anything in defeat to mm. pack. And managed to basically get himself back over within about five seconds of taking a pinfall loss.
3: It's yeah. also external to all of the sort of Walter Devlin stuff as well. Yeah, so yeah, So it's yeah. Just like kind of refreshing change of pace. I don't know how you'd feel about this, Benno. How would it feel if they released like a cockpit card? I don't know whether well, even if it had like a month lay, but on occasion just release certainly a few matches. I do a just match a month. Definitely do a match a month. It's not a couple. A
1: yeah.
3: Because I think this would be like, I'd be interested to see how that does. Obviously, then there's the production stuff that you want to get sorted out with that.
1: You mean on like a YouTube or something like that?
3: Yeah, but just on YouTube. Because mm. I think people aren't, I mean, I don't think they're necessarily going to subscribe
1: to Rev Pro on demand. Well, this is the thing, yeah. It's like shows. the criticism we were saying last week, you know, I'm in a crowd full of people in Manchester and they aren't. The, how many people does the cockpit hold? 200 people? 200, yeah. Yeah, they're not the 200 people, are they? And I don't know how many people are watching on demand, so these stories do kind of get lost. That would make sense, but again, to do that, you'd have to improve the production, um, and you still have the problem with... With it, I don't know, it not always translating. It uh, wouldn't be the worst idea, though, yeah, to keep people engaged in these stories. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people who is like, oh, yeah, I, I know these stories are going on mainly because Joe's mm. telling me. Um, and, you know, from the odd cockpit show that I forced myself to watch. Uh, yeah, that wouldn't be the worst idea.
3: We've, I mean, we've had, like, we've been obviously said the issues we think are around the Rev Pro product at the moment. What I would say in terms of the star storyline, it is something different. Hmm. And they need to
2: try different at this stage. And they're using the best guy for it as well. Like he is mega over.
3: May mega, not work, but do you know what? It would be the sense of, 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 of it's how he gets the belt. That's hmm. the, the other yeah, thing as yeah. well. Yeah, and
2: if, what, what if Quilden loses the company, it's just it's, it's bizarre. <laughs> Mm. And who's he gonna face? Who, who the fuck knows? Star doing the ring announcing in the Andy Quilden voice, that, which is hilarious.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'd take a David Starr sold out. It'd be like the uh, the social justice warrior version of NWO sold out. Um, I think he could do so. Oh yeah, version. He'll have the Young Turks on big sweet <laughs> videos around Red the place. Red flag
2: flying at the start of the show or something as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be up for that. Yeah. Things can only get better. Mentioned that in the last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to say as well, my biggest criticism of the show is El Fantasmo's inexplicable heel turn, which never happened on a Rev Pro show. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people are confused by that. People who don't watch New Japan, who go to the cockpit shows, were kind of like, hey, eh? like he's a heel. Like I saw him at York all when a belt as a major baby face. He's been a face here for the last two years. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I wish they'd have kept him face. I had him team with Hikaleu, who is maybe the tallest man I've ever seen up close in my life. He's not very good. than uh, Andy Ogden. Oh, oh, yeah, he tower over Ogden. Ogden better watch himself if he comes across Hikaleu, that's for sure. <laughs> I
3: don't think Andy's going to try and fight him
1: at least.
2: It, Gabriel Kidd's on Rev Pro shows at the moment as well, mate, so they probably both take Andy out, let's be honest. <laughs> get Sam Bailey in
1: the mix as well. Could, it could get nasty. Get Jeff and he's a lovely game. bloke. Why
2: is he browsing anyway? Who knows? But yeah, Hikaru has got a way to go. I'll say that. Um White Wolf descendent as well, with a bit of a split that they were teasing Good. as well. So. A kid
1: should be a singles wrestler. Like I, yeah, I, I like yeah. them as a team. But what we was, like we were saying last week about Rev Pro, you want to capitalize on that. A kid's going into Battle of Los Angeles. You wanna you wanna do you wanna be doing things like that with him. He should be in the big Rev Pro singles matches
2: yeah i'm hoping if osprey uh, comes over for a york hall show this year as well they do kid osprey at some point i know they did it in white wolf obviously but seeing on uk shores as well and it would be a great way to help kid get over that little bit more as well and defeat i think so yeah there's some good storytelling there they've been teasing that split for a while and it seemed to finally happen so yeah overall this was a really good show that advanced storylines quite mm. well um Rev Pro for all my doubts on them and all the things I think they're not they could do better with in terms of presentation identity stuff, the live shows and them as a live promotion I still perfectly enjoy.
1: Fair enough. um Yeah, it sounds like a fun show. I do want to. I think going to JP's point about putting things out free like a David Star pack match that should be out free somewhere. You should be able to click and watch that. I believe the mm. the shows up already though. It is on the on demand. I've got the on demand. Uh, I think I'll have to watch that, um, but yeah, I guess we'll see where the where kind of the crazy story goes. But I think the biggest thing for me though, you, you were there at the at the cockpit live. I was in Manchester watching Progress live, and my biggest thing was like li- listening to those names who were at that Rev Pro show. It was like at Progress, I was like, "Where's David Starr? Oh yeah, he's at Rev Pro." You know, even down, you know, where's Aussie Open? Oh yeah, the down at Rev Pro. Quite interesting that like that these wrestlers, but were I don't know. Maybe it's the last minute way that Progress are booking their out of London shows at the moment. But very interesting that yeah, they're, they're gonna be on a on a cockpit show rather than being on a Progress show pack as well. You know, surely be the obvious choice for that Newcastle show on Saturday. I was just in Manchester, but imagine if he turned up there. Um yeah, interesting to see the, the difference in yeah, who can who can book here at the moment when the when the two promotions do go head to head. Um but yeah, uh, Pro I was a Progress Manchester and it was I had a fun time. Um, it was the definition of a one-match show is probably the the one thing I would say. Walter Ilya Dragunov was the main event. Walter Ilya Dragunov is the only match that you really need to go out to UA to see. Uh, I know, JP, were you watching a bit of Trapped in 90, were you? Um, before? We I really was
3: came on? going to, and I didn't get around to it. So At some point, I do need to have a bit of a progress mm. catch-up. But um, it's quite, I suppose, things are now slightly easier for me to be able to catch up on a couple of things. But it's to be honest with you, it's not going to be a whole chapter show. It's going to be selected matches. So, yeah, well, when I heard about Walter Ilya, just thinking, yeah, that's that's the one to really see, is it?
1: Yeah, that's it. And the reason I bring it up is, like, I was watching that Chapter 90 show and I've not finished it yet myself. But there's a clear rebuilding. Attempting to go on in progress at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously... Natural progression series is coming up, so that's the main reason they're using so many of the quote unquote young boys. Um, but we're getting weak undercards right now, and I think I can take that as medicine if it you know leads into us, you know, eventually getting you know some more stars in the undercard for progress. Um, at least that's what it feels like. That's what they did before, though, isn't it? Yeah, it feels like that's what the tactic is right now, but. They're doing it in such a weird way, so you know I go into this chapter sixty two in Manchester old, 92, sorry, and I'm unless you went, went back in Doctor Who <laughs> all around. Oh, don't give them ideas. But I go in like knowing that do not resuscitate a feuding with more than hype. But similar to what Joe you were saying there about the I don't know that the, the Rev Pro problem there is sometimes where if you're not following the VOD, you don't really know what's happening. Was I supposed to know that, that, that you know the, the ins and outs of this feud that they'd had on previous nights? Surely they just threw them out there. There was a, a couple of matches on the show, you know. Do not had a tag match with more than hype. It was Spike Treve and William EVA against Darren Kearney and Nathan Martin, and it was just thrown out there as a tag match as the semi-main event. And I'm sorry, but I mean I'm aware of the story going on, but I've not seen any of it. I've not seen Spike Treve talk it up, which I'm sure he could. I've not seen William Weaver talk it up, which I'm sure he could. You know, even Chuck Mambo could talk it up. He had the match with uh, with L.J. Cleary uh, on the show as well. I mean, I, I, I just yeah, it did. It didn't really mean anything. And I think if you're gonna go with the like these this this influx of of young talents, I think you need to do a, a little bit more of that because otherwise they're just gonna mm. die in these spots. And people are going to walk away just talking about one match and and not what really is a you know I saw the more than Height lads talking on, on Twitter as this the being the the biggest match of the of well the one of the biggest weekends of their career um but I don't know it should for me be a bigger deal that they're in the semi semi main event that's not to say L J and Chuck Mambo wasn't very good uh, it was uh, L J Cleary is obviously of the three got the well, at least for me, got the the, the most potential going forward, yeah, the most has, personality, yeah. stands out the most. He's the one of the three who everyone knows his name. Uh, I think the other two, they kind of fall in the background quite a bit. He looked good against Chuck Mambo. It was cool that they gave him that. That He, he got a win against Chuck Mambo, which is a, you know, a, a vote of confidence from progress in him. Um, but yeah, the problem in doing that, again, is that the the crowd aren't going to be hugely familiar with them. And yeah, as I mentioned before, they did a a Jordan Devlin Connor Mills match on the undercard as well. Um, I don't know what happened to Maverick Mayhew. Does he still exist? Is he still a wrestler? Uh,
3: he, I wonder. They, hopefully he's not injured.
1: But. Yeah, they don't seem to like to to use him anymore. I mean, they, but that was another one where Jordan Devlin's quite clearly going to be going over. But they gave they give this was like the semi main event of the first half, and they gave Connor Mills lots of offense and gave him lots of. You know, chance to, to at least get over with some of his big moves and to get over with his selling and to just look somewhat competitive out there with Jordan Devlin. But again, you know, he's another chance the progress I've got to take right now. And uh, he's someone who, he's fine, but I think only only, only meets a certain level. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of mixed on, on what they're trying to do right now with, with bleeding in these... These younger wrestlers and putting them in these spots on shows because on the one hand it, it's kind of giving them every chance to get over which you need to do but on the other hand it, it very much kind of hurts the, I would say JP, the, the overall quality of the show
3: Yeah sounds like it, I mean it, it's as a as a live experience with the crowd into, you know, were they completely dead for for long period I say completely dead, was it quieter than usual for Manchester shows?
1: I would say Midland. I thought the atmosphere was really good, especially in the main event. Uh, okay. It was a rather Is atmosphere. That,
3: that, that was the only thing that seemed to get any buzz that I, I mm. saw about from that show on that day. I also think as well they've had three shows in quick succession. Mm-hmm. They've had the Camden one, then they've had the Newcastle one, immediately followed by the Manchester one. Mm. So that's where, possibly, from a storytelling perspective, unless you're kind it's of tough. really on it, yeah. you are gonna you are gonna miss stuff. Mm. So in some ways, when you're saying about like the feud between more than hype and do not resuscitate, it's like, I you know, I'm still sort of baffled that do not resuscitate is still a thing. Yeah, I didn't
2: mm. know it either. It feels to me like that main event they just imported someone else's product again. They <laughs> did a Super Strong Star and final to try and get some attention and some hype
1: yeah well to that point like the as far as important stuff like the the main event of the first half was Jonathan Gresham against Eddie Kingston like I mean that's the is that a progress match like that's like such an odd I mean I love Eddie Kingston got a photo with him lovely bloke had a nice chat with him love Jonathan Gresham what a weird match though and it's like I think that's why Again, I'm talking about this as a one-match car because they had a a solid match, you know, Kingston's brawling against Gresham, you know, being the smaller man and trying to grab holds and and fight from underneath. And then the match finished with a count-out. I don't know whether Kingston, having, you know, lost to Walter on the night before, had something in his contract where he didn't want to take another fall. But again, you know, you're looking for something in the undercard to kind of balance out the heavy use of, of younger guys and you know, and to their credit, non-WWE contracted guys, which is something I've been asking for. But then even that doesn't really deliver because it's an okay match with a, a really, really head scratching finish. Um Trent Seven and Paul Robinson was alright. Uh, yeah, Paul Robinson's wanna, you know, maybe not to uh, to everyone's face uh, tastes on Twitter. Um, he definitely yeah some of the stuff he comes out with on there is uh, probably unadvisable but as far as in a building goes he's one of the he's always one of the highlights on the show but again Trent Seven's supposedly uh, one of your big names in progress they protected them in that Walter defeat didn't they um they've def- to protect him here by giving him a, b- a big win over Paul Robinson but does he really mean a huge amount to your undercards right now uh it's just such a a weird period for, for, for Progress. If anything, I'd have Paul Robinson going over in that position. Like, I yeah. I went with my brother who's uh, not a wrestling fan who's only been to one Progress show mm-hmm. before and the the two wrestlers, and I'm going to talk about Walter Ilya Dragunov in a minute, but the two wrestlers he came out talking about are Paul Robinson and Ilya Dragunov because I think with Robinson, he's such a big character and he's so entertaining in these undercards and I think Progress feel like they can beat him. Um But I don't know, yeah. we I, I suppose Trent Seven's a name you can mix in, but I don't know what you get out of, like, Pushing him really hard right now, either. I mean, maybe it sounds like progress can't win with me here because the the trying different things on these undercars and trying to very. I mean, this wasn't an NXT UK show. Well, the main event, you could maybe ignore it, <clears throat> it might be, but overall, it was a progress feeling show as far as 2019 goes, whether that's a good or a okay. bad thing. But yeah, it just feels like right now, yeah, there's a a lot of experimentation going on and yeah, not all of it. Um, well, uh, to be honest, uh, a good chunk of it is landing really for me. Ah, they're dumb. (laughs) Wow.
2: (laughs) Ah, come on. Ring of honor, 2008, (laughs) nine. I wanted it to be good. It was done. It never got good again. Let's be honest. Really? (laughs) This is dumb. Um, yeah, I've got no interest in this show. I might watch the main event. What's the main I event? I just feel was... like I just feel like I'm wasting my time watching progress at this point in time. They're not cool anymore. They're cool for people who know nothing about wrestling and everyone's <sighs> willingness to be good and trying to make out is good a lot of the time. They were done a long time That's, ago, and you... oh, the nail it will be officially put in the coffin. Is say that
3: you'll be when WWE Network do a, t- a live. Progress anniversary May- special, maybe
2: the under show,
3: mate.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because, like, I would say, I don't know, not much about this undercar gave me much hope for progress going forward. But mm. I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't know. I'm not sure, I'm not sure if the death and I was there, but I would say, mate. notable for me was really notable, and I've noticed this difference when I saw a bit of the last Camden show as well. Like the two biggest moments on this show got that got the biggest heat. One was Walter coming out and, and being announced as NXT UK champion. There were noticeably louder boos when he was announced as NXT UK champion wow. as opposed to just his own announcements. And that happened in London as well. And two, the other thing was Jim Smallman having to kind of, at the end of the Manchester shows, it's usually a case of, and oh, no, our next show is 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 here and, and when, you know, in a few months or whenever it's going to be, you know, bear in mind they haven't been in Manchester since last late last year. And there is no date going forward. And when he announced, "Come and see us in Camden," in lieu of you know announcing any more Manchester dates, my God, did he get some peace? Like he had to backtrack a little bit um, and try kind go on about how much oh, we, we love it. We love it when we come out of London. And, you know these crowds and some of the best we get. up, Blah blah blah. And it was just like I feel like the the hardcore progress fan, even the people who were still cheering you know progress along when we were kind of pointing some of these things out last year the seeing through the nxt uk stuff and the seeing through the fact that you know we're not getting any more manchester dates just like we're never getting that replaced birmingham date anytime soon because this just isn't the priority anymore well they
2: went fucking mad when wwe uk champion faced 205 lives jack jack gallagher After progress champion Travis Banks beat New Japan junior heavyweight champion, I think at the time, Will Ospreay. So, you know, Mm. uh, they kind of laid their own bed in many ways, didn't they? By not being, by not actually considering what they were cheering or what they were getting excited about and just going along with the show. Yeah, Um, yeah, if you go along with stuff, you're going to end up in shit a lot of the time. You should be questioning this stuff. And for me, Wembley is the equivalent of the Georgia Dome doing 48,000 or whatever it was in 1998, and WCW was going down. And yeah, this mm. is over. They're an irrelevant promotion. I've got no interest anymore. <laughs> I've shouted and raved about that promotion enough. I just feel at this point, what's the point?
3: I think where I'm Do at. Do we
2: have to give them coverage? What's the point?
3: Well, I mean, I think we've got the freedom to not cover them necessarily. Yeah, and I was going to say it's, it's gonna, something that's going to add on to it. I'm, I, There's still things from it that I'm intrigued in seeing, but watching Mm. entire chap shows. And it might've been because of super strong style, because doing that as the VO, the experience, as opposed to being there live, that was such hard work. And I kind of thought at that point, and I'd said, I was like, I'm kind of done for the time being. I think there's still these isolated pockets that I want to see, but I'm at a point where it still isn't, it's not a priority. And it, you know, and this is me thinking as a fan, because I'm so down on nxt uk and what effect it's had on the british wrestling landscape that's not something that i kind of you know feel particularly good about whether or not it's the what iraq was to tony blair's premiership as the the <laughs> thing that kind of turned people against us oh, small- that's a terrible
2: comparison. so we got smallman as blair
3: <laughs> oh don't no we can't compare oh, the
2: two come on
3: hundreds of thousands died in, in one of them uh, so I suppose.
2: Mate, when you think about New Labour and free, certain free people there's a, there's a comparison there but maybe we'll save it for another time <laughs> you'll have
3: to really think it out for the time being I, so th- there's stuff mm, from it that I'll I, see and as a live event does your brother enjoy it?
1: oh yeah I mean I, and again I've said this last time I took him to shows I would never have taken him to Rev Pro last week because mm. I knew the atmosphere wasn't going to be as good it still had a better atmosphere I still think it's presented better than, better than the Red Pro show last week if you gave me the choice of mm. covering Rev Pro or Progress, I'd still cover Progress. I still think if you're going to give me a match like Walter Ilya Dragunov, like, I shouldn't get lost. Like, that was, for me, as far as matches I've seen on British soil this year, I think it's 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 up there as possibly the best. It's Walter and Ilya Dragunov. I get what you're saying, Joe, about it. But it is, it's important from elsewhere, isn't it? It's a, it's a match we've seen better elsewhere, and it's a story we've seen told elsewhere. Mm. But it was still a very good match. I mean, if anything, one thing I don't want to get lost there either with that, too, is that, like the Manchester crowd was so into Ilya and was so, you said before about, you know, people want progress to be good. People wanted Ilya to go over. People wanted something new. Like I almost would have, like they clearly did with David Starr. And unfortunately they, they haven't really followed up on it on the audibly called with super strong style and, uh, you know, in going over there, couldn't have been the plan. You know, he's not on a sh- He's not on this Manchester show, for example. But they went with it because of the crowd response. I'd have called it all and put Ilya over and gone with something fresh and uh, made it different than what, you know, they're doing in NXT UK with Walter um, because yeah, he mate. was so over. That was a great match, though, and it was better than anything on that Rev Pro show last week. And still, for its ills, I don't know. I would. St- I still find it, even if it's for the bad it's a more interesting promotion to follow than, than Rev Pro is at the moment for me.
3: Something that I've said a while ago and I feel this way, that it needs to be something that is entirely away from, the, from JJG, that this is something that needs an entirely new reinvention with like an entirely new roster if it's going to kind of exist in really any form because it needs to evolve from what it was. Mm. And that's the thing for me that, that's where my sort of disinterest necessarily lies. Seeing is there gonna be something, is there a new, fresh direction? I mentioned about chapter hundred and about doing something for that, but that would be the kind of time to kind of make fundamental changes. And they have to work out a way of getting that belt off getting the belt off Walter.
2: Mm. Also, at the same time, you say about calling an audible on Walter with Star. <laughs> you had three days yeah, where it was obvious he was the most over guy, you could yeah. probably get it approved. Come on, it's <laughs> Walter, and it, are they're going to call an audible there and then. Yeah, true. You know, the, think about appa- William Regal's apparent disappointment of <laughs> David Starr slipping on the Satan. Oh, was in the Observer, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, and then you think about what the outrage that, I don't know, um, Uncle Paul and uh, Regal might have if they put. Iliad's over, and it's not in their plans, for the rest of it. Like he was a member yeah. of the Kiss my ass club for fuck's sake. It's <laughs> that in, a
3: wrestling trope of standing on a belt.
2: My God, it's a nothing belt.
3: No, exactly. Yeah,
2: Beautiful. I had a good time anyway, lads. I had a good Imagine time. what oh, wrestlers no, no. were
3: doing with those belts in the eighties. I,
2: I, yeah, look what Paige did in the two. <laughs> <games>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get why you had a good time, mate. I think I completely agree with that. I, I see the perspective you're coming from completely as well. Um, and I'm sure if I went to a Manchester show with you, Benno, I'd mm. probably have a good time. Oh, the Ritz is a great venue. Like, as an isolated show, I've really enjoyed both of the Manchester shows I've been to mm. before. I, and Walter really if it's a good match, I'm going to enjoy it. But at the same time, there's just a feeling around the promotion mm. that I've, I've got just no interest in... I forgot they had shows at the weekend. It was only when I sort of... I think JP reminded me yesterday. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll look at the results quickly. Like, shows you the point it's got to for yeah. me.
1: It's certainly not must-was anymore. Like, the fact that I'm like, yeah, watch one match off this show, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't hugely bode well. But, yeah, you never know. Maybe this, these it's a free builds going to work, and, you know, the next big yeah. stars are going to be Connor Mills, and they're going to be William Eaver, and they're going to be, you know, the more than hype lads. Maybe. It's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I can't convince You're you. You're putting nails in coffins then. <laughs> Holly dead? No, no. big stuff. Who? Oh, wow. <laughs> she beat Lana Rustin in the second match, mate. Uh, Who is she? American women's wrestler. Yeah. yeah. Where's face paint? Yeah, it was a whole thing. I don't um, miss that much. Yeah, it was, yeah. Not much going on. Um, okay. Yeah, there's definitely, definitely. Uh, I think, again, my biggest takeaway was that Although the warning signs have been there for a while, I do think yeah the the regular progress crowd is is, is waking up to them as well. Um, but again, I had a good day out. Went to progress. Uh, w- well, I did, went for a drink in the goth pub over the road afterwards. Uh, <laughs> headed back to Liverpool oh, oh. and like uh, like most people, I'm sure did uh, booked the day off work on Monday because I was saying for Slammiversary, JP because obviously you know there was a biggest show of the weekend really as far as hype goes you know did you know i think
3: i think the g1 was just basically <laughs> a tune-up for this show this is the show that that dallas texas was pumped about and they'd been yeah. saying about brian cage had been out with the fc dallas team <laughs> showing him his impact world title look
1: I
2: not steve morrow work for them possibly awesome. yeah i think he's their manager isn't he he at least was at one point.
3: Well, I'll be scouring for that photo afterwards of Brian Cage with Steve Morrow. Let me check. He's 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 on it now. That's going in the show but image. I would have. Do you know what? Considering, without going too deep into into it, me and Joe, there's a couple of things as teachers you've you've got to do at the end of the year. And go through this sort of process of moderation, and it can be quite stressful. In fairness, it went so smoothly on moderation. I could have fucking stayed up and watched Slammiversary live. It's a testament to our professionalism. It really is, isn't it?
1: <laughs> oh, what, tell- what, what I would have you thought been you been would, do? JP. Well, killer Cross Eddie Edwards isn't going to watch itself. Sorry, say again, mate. <laughs> I think it really is, though. I think I literally, I think it's me, you, my mates mate Matty and Curry, and that's as far as I know as people who watched yeah. it and the likes of John Pollock and that who were covering it. My God, Twitter was dead. Like I was, I was trying to scroll it, like hoping to be all the people kind of. Live tweeted it and watched it. Like it's a real. It's like Impact and MLW are like. It doesn't matter how good they are at this point, especially Impact. Like it, it, there's nothing they can do to get people to watch their shows at this point because it's been good for a long time. Anyone who yeah. watches it would recognize that. It's just people aren't watching it. Um, and they I haven't think... had. When was the last time they had a bad big show, JP? Like they haven't. Like uh, in like really? the the Don Callis kind of modern like this era of Impact. They don't I was do gonna bad say, yeah, big the, shows. Yeah, the
3: Callis Moore era in mm. terms of big shows has really delivered. And this one was another really really fun, easy watch. Mm. Managed to, to get through it. And but even yeah, we've
1: left it till last, JP. We've got like five we, minutes and we've we are, well,
3: it. Yeah, <laughs> well, if, if you're listening up to this point, there's a good hour of Slammiverse. I'm joking. We're Check like, the man, runtime. Check the show notes. <laughs>
2: Just to interrupt, Steve Morrow left FC Dallas in 2008. Wow, and, that's, <laughs> and that's and hasn't managed since. So it tells you, out that in my MLS knowledge is he's currently the head of <laughs> youth scouting at Arsenal. So. Yeah, I know. I remember something yeah. about. That. I should have
3: picked that up on that straight away. Bloody hell, mate! You should have slacking.
1: Slavery. Yeah. Rhino turned up. That's a big thing.
3: Yeah, yeah. Rhino. It was. Oh, you mentioned about MLW, right? And it, it's interesting because it's so similar to MLW in so many ways isn't it mm. um, ultimately this show but it's also quite sad because I think I'm reminded of imagine if they'd had like this kind of show if they were anywhere like anywhere near like a spike what they could have managed to have done around that time and the absolute bullshit that they were doing instead to try and drive themselves off that network. And it's sad that Mm. at this point, and you see the pay-per-view numbers around the 2000 mark, I mean, it's not good. No. But really bloody good fun.
1: Yeah, that's it. And that they're doing it to, yeah... It's if no one's watching, does it even matter? But and they're doing it as well without like the losing stars at like a clip. You know, I didn't even mm. realize that Pentagon and Phoenix were on this show. They're done. Yeah. I didn't realize that this was going to be LAX's last show, as we mentioned earlier. They're yeah, done. They're
3: doing the TV tapings. Is that
1: right? They're doing it, and that's it. That's it. And then they're gone. John Morrison's done with them as well. But even in the face of that, they'll survive like, that. They'll survive the loss of him. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. up god, never put a microphone... Why? What is it with wrestling promotions? putting a microphone in front of that man. Like I don't get it. Like just never have him talk. He's that bad. Just never have it happen. But like aside from that, again, it still was a very good show. I mean, I thought obviously most notable the main event, Sammy Callahan and Tessa Blanchard. They built up like this whole, you know, we're doing it. We're doing the first ever intergender match and. TNA is always gonna TNA because yeah. no matter how good it was, and it was very good, and it was a well told story. For some reason, they still decided to put Sami Callihan over. You know, let's let's put the let's put the heel man over in the in the big time first time ever intergender match, intergender man, mm. main event that they they were building. That's the mode. That's a very TNA decision, and it didn't feel like it was going to be leading to another story going forward. It didn't feel like. Sami like Kanekan kind of did the baseball bat thing and it was like a, a passion of the torch moment giving Tessa Blanchard like a bit of a nod um, and that was kind of it and done. I hope they they continue to tell the story because I thought it was a very good match. I do think Tessa Blanchard can be a, a huge star in wrestling which is crazy because two, three years ago I never would have said that. Um, she really is great. Um, but no, I really enjoyed that as far as the match goes. I didn't love the finish but I loved it as a match and I loved... Sammy Callahan is. I know he's got his attractors and not all of us because of what he actually does in the ring, and you know mm. who he is as a wrestler. But as far as a heel base goes for a match with Tessa Blanchard, I thought he was absolutely fantastic here, both in the build, in the promos, and in the match itself. I thought that was great.
3: Yeah, they're they're really high on him. He's like one of the. I think Callis is on about a strategy of trying to build around sort of six people, and mm. Callahan is very much there as they're kind of they're like second top heel Mm. at the minute he's always going to be kind of around there so in some ways i wasn't surprised that he won um tessa blanchard's it's going to be an incredible statement to make in some ways she should be in wwe Mm. she should be in whether it's teaming with or against charlotte flair because she does have like i mean I thought she was really good in this and the way she sold. I love that spot near the beginning where she dives through the ropes and he caught her, and then he sort of swings her into the barricades on either side. So it was brutal, but it wasn't, like, kind of nasty, if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. when it came to intergender. And, and the fact that she slightly busted her nose towards the end did kind of add
1: something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a level of, like, violence was- there, there. Yeah, it wasn't like Dustin Rhodes, thank Christ, Mm, but but it was fine as well. Because like the other point is like you know to to link what you're saying there, intergenders not for me really, but I really wasn't bothered by even the fact you know she gets busted open and blah blah blah. But like she she can handle herself. Like if there's any woman uh, you know in in a match with a bigger man that I wouldn't worry about, it's Tessa Blanchard. Like both in. I suppose the way she carries herself, but also the way she executes her moves. It didn't look silly at any point. It didn't look choreographed at any point. It just looked like a fight. Um, yeah. and, you know, I'm not on that side of the fence usually with intergender, but I thought it worked from that point of view too. Well,
3: I suppose we, you know, we went to Riptide, which is something that prides itself in doing intergender in a way that and the analogy I'm always gonna bring it up, kinda of like Street Fighter, and they kind of did the same thing here. And she's so credible, Tessa Blanchard, that she is someone who you could see them going behind. However, you mentioned you know they're kind of losing stars and you know losing uh, LAX, who was really their their sort of top line stars. It depends on how long they can hold on to her for because she feels like she really should be on a bigger platform than this.
2: Mm. Yeah, for me, WWE, and you know, yeah, say that because I love WWE, but... So we're both most of the best. She should be in yeah. there. But her and Charlotte should be having a legendary she would, feud. She would stand out there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She's and got it, presence. You, you've got to push when if she goes there. She's probably better than anyone on that roster. Uh, maybe apart from Asuka, but she's not been in form. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, I think her and Charlotte is like the feud you've got to go for. Yeah,
1: yeah that's it. And I think... Uh, Maybe that's the reason you don't put it over in a moment like this. Because if it was me, I'd be building impact around her. But maybe they they kind of know then maybe they won't keep a long term. I don't know. Still a not decision for me, but no, a good match. I gave that four point two five on Grapple. I don't know about you, JP. I know the average was uh, four.
3: I went for three point seven five, and that's mm. you know not necessarily a slight on it. I thought it was. I, I didn't like the post match stuff necessarily with the handing over. I don't want to see Sammy Callahan kind of do that mm. in terms of the showing respect. I know it was kind of. It wasn't like he was shaking hands or anything, but he's, you know, such a good dick on this (laughs) that it it works in just carrying on that relentlessly to the end. Definitely.
1: Uh, I mean, as far as, like, other big matches on the show, uh, Brian Cage and Michael Elgin, I was kind of watching... I had no idea if I was giving it two or four stars. Like, it was just... It Mm -hmm. was ridiculous to the point of just, like... The kind of... the, The fly that Brian Cage does is... Can often for me be silly, uh, especially be, being as big as he is. It's great that he can do it, but like him and Elgin were just having a shootout, like cruiserweight style. If you're into that, it's a four star match. If you're not, it's a two star match. I, I kind of thought it was just a little bit too silly and too much of a shootout, uh, but I, I thought it had its moments. I like that overall on balance. I like Rich One and Johnny Impact. Uh, again, I don't think mm. Johnny Impact leaving any big big loss. I gave that 3.75. Um, they were kind of the big matches for me
3: yeah so uh, same here for those I think I gave Cage Elgin four Mm because it was just uh, just really wild and crazy and Elgin in these big matches tends to deliver they built up the, the kind of storyline well, and obviously something that looks like they're going to continue as well. And again, Rich Swan here, like managing to get particularly towards the end as well, like really having a, a, a fun match with, with Johnny impact, which I can't remember the last time I kind of said that really, it mm-hmm. was the last sort of fun match. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the, the women's match. Oh, the was monster's a lot, ball. Yeah. That was a lot more fun than I thought it had any right to be given Oh, there you love monsters, people, ball,
1: JP. You're old school TNA through. You remember the Raven and the Abyss days when they used to what they lock them in out. a cupboard and make them come out after five days and no food? Was that the gimmick,
3: mate? They should be doing a ten bell salute to a picture of Abyss before they. Before they <laughs> start and Monty the Brown,
1: bench. it's named
2: after the Halle Berry and Billy Bob Thornton film. It isn't about <laughs> about a woman who loses her husband yeah. on death row. Yeah, she won an Oscar for that. Didn't she, she did. It's
3: it's not about that. It's it's more that the. Uh, and Sue Young sort of returned from the undead realm with. Uh, oh, with so
2: I don't care. <laughs> oh, oh, I hated him. Stop.
3: You are not like the sinister minister.
2: I used to run through all that.
3: Cool <laughs> <around>. <laughs> oh, he's very good on this show. Yeah, he's fine on this. He he's the best of DCW relics. That, that's, yeah.
1: that's the one. The the negative of the Don Carlos regime is like he loves bringing back these old DCW names. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're not a
3: fan of RVD Moose. No, mate.
1: Come on, uh, yeah, I love <laughs> RVD. as our he's our mate, but yeah, no, uh, I don't need to see Rob Van Dam in 2019. No, I want to see what sh- what impact should be building around is people like t- it's the women's division, isn't it? Tessa Blanchard and and matches like that four way. The yeah. t- like, they like I liked
3: of Valkyrie, didn't they?
1: I didn't expect to go. I, I'm not a Taya Valkyrie fan. I'm not a Havoc fan. I'm not a Roseberry fan. I'm not a Sue Young fan. And I came out of that match just like all four of them. They killed it. They went up there. They were willing. To, you know, they took some big bumps and they worked hard and they made mm. something out of what is re- I mean, we 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 joke we love Monsters Ball, but it's it's a very sti- it's a silly idea that's kind of I suppose it's less silly in, in modern impact, but they really made something out of that match. I, I thought that was like a, a really, really memorable one from the show. I gave that three seven five as well. Yeah, I think I gave that three and
3: a half, mm. which I wasn't expecting, but it was it was bloody good fun. Mm. But you're into
1: where the Edwards doing is. I think Edwards anyway, is still doing a Tommy Dreamer impression at this point. Oh, and at this point, it feels like Killer Cross is doing like an impression of what, what Vince Russo would book Dustin Rhodes to do in the WCW. He's a very like seven kind of character at this point. Yeah. Uh, that's not the good stuff. Um, you know, the your mileage might vary on the multi mans they kind of did earlier on the show as well. But
3: I would say as far also, as the big stuff goes, it all hits. They love opening with a multi man. Oh, I like this am I'm. A, I'm I'm quite high on Willie Mack. I think I think he's he's quite fun. And it's, yeah, it opens it up. It got people kind of completely hot. Mm. Um, and even the, I, I was disappointed by the tag match, mm. I have to say, to a degree, because I thought I really like LAX, but I don't know whether or not it's because they're leaving or... Yeah, did the what's... injury
1: angle, didn't they, which was weird. Uh, plus, yeah. it, introducing the North and adding them to the match, you kind of don't really fit that... I suppose, more flippy style at the Rascals than Alex might have been. Although we did get Ethan Page doing a body slam off the second rope, which I always appreciate.
3: I was going to say, Ethan Page has got real presence about him as well because mm-hmm. um, Josh Alexander necessarily has kind of got that kind of look about him as well. And there's something different. So,
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know, it was like all of these undercard matches, they were fine. Mm-hmm. There was nothing on there like, if, you th- if we're going back to classic TNA pay-per-views, so there was nothing on a terrible level there.
2: No, that's it. A- and the problem is, JP,
1: was saying all oh, this, no one's going to watch it, though. Joe's not going to watch it.
2: I'll watch the main event. Good luck. Possibly Elgin Cage, depends on time. Mm.
1: Elgin Cage, you will either love or you'll hate. Nowhere in between. Uh, I'm not I
2: like wait. both of them as wrestlers, so I'm intrigued. And the main event, I'll definitely watch.
1: Good story. Yep. Again, last year, Sammy Callihan and Pentagon was the best match on Slammiversary, and again. Oh, that it was it great. Here, so, you know, if you enjoyed that, I'd say you'll probably enjoy this too. Um, but again, JP, no one else is watching this. Um, it's it's a sad thing, but yeah. Um. I'll
3: be there. I'll be there till it's dying day. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think I'm locked into this death spiral. I think there. we're in
1: the dying days. To be fair, JP. Yeah. I
3: think we're past
1: dying days at this point.
3: Well, it's do you know what they had the chance? Mm. They they really they had it's,
2: multiple chances. It's a postscript that's gone on forever. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been quite a good postscript. Mm. It has been.
3: Mm. Yeah.
2: But still a postscript. Yeah. That's them all over.
1: Anyway, speaking We're of post-trips, post-trip. <laughs> <Yeah. Yes. laughs> anything else on, it, on impact or the wrestling? Anything else we want to talk before we go?
3: Oh, there's gonna be so much wrestling to watch coming up in this uh AEW as yeah. well this
2: weekend. Yeah
3: Big League of Ireland European uh oh. European football nights going on as well this week. That's you know, I'll be watching that tomorrow. Because
2: we'll be talking about that next week. Yeah, we'll be. <laughs> big,
3: That'll be the
1: first half hour of the show. First mess- half hour. Second Dumbled half hour AEW, of... last three hours, hey, New Japan.
2: I have told you, you need to start this League of Ireland podcast with someone. <laughs> you. You'll do it. I, I'm not watching League of Ireland. Yeah, you <laughs> will. How am I going to watch it? I've got access to the games. Find a way.
3: <laughs> Look, I don't have the same amount. Benno, of... you'll do it. You'll be out for it. Throw them on the JP Drive and I'll consider
2: it. Yeah, we'll we not go. I'm, Nah, fuck that. The only games I'd consider watching not live are games that I'd, great games that i consider re-watching. <laughs> And I'm not watching Dundalk versus Shamrock Rovers. <laughs> not I'd li- watch it with you. I'm not watching it not live. Yeah, okay. Don't watch it with me, then. Ah, do, do you want me here? Yeah. Watch you
3: League always want me. you there, Joe.
1: Exactly.
2: exactly. He wants to punish me one of his fucking roasts. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Back to that old chestnut
1: again. And on that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yeah. Roast equal ratings. That's what we've uh, we've had this week, but... Yeah as you both said we'll uh, we will Most be back of the time. <laughs> we'll be back next week we'll be talking like say a heavy first uh, proper G1 week we'll yeah. be talking AEW we might talk a little bit of league of ireland uh and we'll be talking about everything else that's uh, kind of going on in the in the world of wrestling so unless you got anything to plug JP, uh should we get out of here
3: no yeah let's let's get out of here we'll go back and listen to Cruel Summer again for our time's sake and you're on BWE this week as well you aren't go. you
1: that'll be up tomorrow with uh, me Jamesy and Martin together again so yeah listen to that and then yeah we'll be back next Monday to talk uh, all the stuff I just mentioned all the big news in wrestling roasting is and I'll manage to get cry upside <laughs> <of> Joe <Jeremy. laughs> right